From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour, and we have quite a morning in store for you including an appearance by Paul Manafort, the former President Trump campaign chairman. And uh, look at look at what being involved with President Trump has done to this guy. And look at Rudy Giuliani. And you just go down the list. I mean, uh, it's Alan Weisenberg. Uh, it, it just, it's so sad. He's pleading guilty today to certain tax issues and... He has agreed to testify against the Trump organization, but will not agree to testify against any of the Trump family members. It's just a rotten time that we're living in. And these Democrats, they are getting away with ruining people's lives while this Hunter Biden is in a Malibu mansion, and when he's not in the Malibu mansion, he's on Air Force One, and when he's not on Air Force One, he's at a $20 million South Carolina home staying for free. It's, it's, it's outrageous what's going on in this country. I'm telling you, it's so fraught with peril. This, this has to stop. We need November 8th worse than anything in our lifetime. Because don't forget... They're coming after you with their 87,000 IRS agents. They're not going after who they're saying they're going after. They're going after you and yours. They're going after people that don't have teams of lawyers. Let me also just stipulate, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I give no chance for this magistrate, I won't call him judge. I think he's a disgrace. And look, I don't want him to have any death threats or anything like that. And the, the direction our country has taken because of people like Joe Biden and his awful ilk is exactly what has created things like the threats to Brett Kavanaugh and many other people. But boy, they, they get all lathered up, though, when it's one of their own. There's no suspense here. This magistrate is not going to release the FBI affidavit. I guarantee you. And if I'm wrong, I'll come back tomorrow and say I'm wrong. He's not going to unseal it because that's what President Trump wants. This guy is a documented Trump hater. I think he's in the government's pocket. He gave them a warrant that was limitless. So keep in mind, they always get to say the opposite of what they're doing. Yeah, we don't really like to do this ever. This is the last thing we want to do. We want to do less intrusive things. And when we do something like this, it's very targeted, very limited in scope. Oh, yeah, really? Every document, every piece of Melania Trump's panties, everything you want to take, you can take. And that's considered limited. These people are dangerous and they are sick. So when you hear, oh, we'll have to wait to find out today, uh, there's suspense about whether the judge, but he's not a judge, he's a magistrate, distinction with a difference. There's no suspense here. 
This judge is not going to release that affidavit because Trump wants him to. Now, if Trump didn't want him to and the government wanted to, he would release it. This is the way the game is played. If you're Hunter Biden, you're in the clear. If you're Rudy Giuliani or General Michael Flynn or Paul Manafort, you're dog meat. Or Papadopoulos, I mean, the list is, is endless. Any member of the Trump family? Come on. I'm appealing to everyone's sense of fairness. You know this isn't right, what's going on here. This absolute relentless, never-ending harassment, witch hunt. Just incredible times that, honestly, knowing the people involved, I'm not surprised. I wish I could say that I never thought I'd ever live to see anything like this. But come on, this has been a mission creep that we've been following for 31 years together. That That's the one thing that we have going for us. We have longevity together. We saw their incremental steps and how they went about this, how they went about changing education, how they turned education into indoctrination, how they've taken our famous monuments and some of them taken taken them down, how they've taken the residents of presidents and other prominent people. And I will tell you, uh, Peter Inventner sent me an email. He was completely unaware that I had done extensive on-air commentary about the tours at Monticello. He took a tour at Monticello, and they were trashing Thomas Jefferson. This is the new thing. You go to Madison's home, they trash Madison. You go to Jefferson's home, they trash Jefferson. So I, I never had a chance to read this to you, and sometime I will. I, I made a copy of it because the um, Monticello group wrote our listener back and apologized for what, you know, it's always what you thought you experienced. No, no, we, we know what we experienced. They're, tra- they're trashing Thomas Jefferson, the one tour guide saying that Jefferson never invented anything. He tinkered. And then, of course, the enormous suffocating prominence and and everywhere you go only talking about slavery, which should be talked about, but not the way that they're going about it now. We are living in the most dangerous times This is worse than when they tried to get people for communism. What's going on now is a level of, and what they want is, they want you not involved. They want you to shut up, become part of their collective. Don't step out. Don't dare to be different. Don't say anything for fear. They'll come after you. And and remember, in the case of Michael Flynn, general, what are they going to do to him? Well, they got him. They go for your weak spot. They couldn't do anything to him. They bankrupted him, of course. But he folded when they told him, we're getting your son. This is how vicious 
This is how corrupt. These are the scoundrels that have incredible power right now. And they have to have it taken from them. And I'm confident, almost overconfident, which is not a good place to be. Never be overconfident. But I'm, I'm extremely confident that the American people will take this entire unilateral, unwielding, suffocating power that these bad actors have. It's going to be taken from them. We'll be back. It's 15 minutes past the hour. We have a lot to share with you, and I'm so excited. I'm going to have to go back and just triple check it, but I finished an article. I wrote two this morning, uh, which I always love that. If I get two done before 6 o'clock, it's pinch me because I do at least two a day for for our digital platforms. My second article today, I'll explain it to you a little bit later this morning, probably later this hour. Surely later this hour. But the second one, I got the answer to a question that I've wanted to know the answer to for more than 50 years. I got the answer from Will Robinson, Bill Moomy, Lost in Space. I personally got the answer from him yesterday. So it's as a fan not as a journalist, not as a broadcaster. As a fan, it was a joy to get the answer. And I loved his answer. We'll share it with you coming up. Almost Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 20 minutes past the hour. Spent the break sharing... The really cool um, item that we wrote with a bunch of people that were asking for it. I have link will travel. Uh, I'm always happy to do that. Hold on one second here. I think I've told you this before. My H phone, uh, I know it's haunted. I I don't know what I did to deserve the occupation of this uh, ghost or whatever it is. Um, But it's unbelievable. I write words and I write them correctly and it changes words. I have to be so careful. It just changes words. It's not like you're typing it wrong and it's trying to guess what you meant. It actually is changing words that I write to other words and sometimes changing the meaning altogether. It's crazy, really crazy. Hold on one second. I'm going to share this with one more person. Titling it, Question Asked and Answered. I was so jazzed up yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I got a notification. Bill Moomy has, um, I forget exactly, has replied to you or something like that. I was like, what? I posed the question, but, you know, you just assume, you know, this guy, if you saw the amount of things that that, that people write to him on a daily basis, you just wouldn't expect that you could um, get your question answered. If I find the time this hour, I want to share this piece with you because it's kind of like a childhood dream come true. I mean, I grew up in first run and Lost in Space has not been off the air in 57 years since it debuted in 1965. 
It only ran three seasons. There should have been more. Uh, I don't have time to get into that story, but uh, I'll try to share it with you. And, and, and in any event, you can go. It's 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 there now. You don't have to wait for me at all. It's it's on the WPG Talk Radio app and the WPGTalkRadio.com digital platform. So President Trump is still considering whether to release the raid surveillance footage. The FBI, they wanted the folks at Mar-a-Lago to turn all the cameras off. Uh, Fortunately, they refused. So they have the video of everything. Eric Trump said last night, quote, I don't think it's been shared by anyone outside of the attorneys. And he said he's not even sure that his father has seen it all, has seen any of it, and said that it will be released, quote, at the right time. But, quote, it is as yet unclear what the footage would show or if it would be a significant benefit. Quote, it's one thing to read a bunch of numbers on an inventory list. It's another to see law enforcement agents actually carrying a dozen plus boxes out of the President Trump's home, knowing they probably contain certain documents. So some see this as something that helps President Trump. Some see it as something that doesn't help him. I saw something uh, very early this morning that I can't say I'm surprised because many liberal institutions, they just simply don't want to let go of the pandemic. Rutgers University, which is is going, I was too busy this morning uh, because he's phenomenal at getting back. I'm going to pose the question to uh, Harvey Kesselman, what is Stockton University going to do? Rutgers University is keeping the mask and vaccination mandates in effect for the fall semester. So it it will be a requirement in order to be able to attend. And they're saying due to COVID-19 and monkeypox. And the school announced this. I actually would have written about this, but we have an Atlantic City story that I don't want you to miss. Sometime this morning, I'll share with you the genesis of that. And then, of course, the, the piece I was just telling you about. So it took me from 3.30 this morning until literally 5, I'm sorry, not even 5.59, until 6.05 and almost to 6.06 to do the two pieces I did. So I didn't have a chance to do the piece on this Rutgers development. I don't like this. And you know my um, my compliance during COVID nineteen is second to no one. I think it's it's a big reason why I was able to go eight hundred and six days without catching COVID nineteen. In fact, a friend of mine wrote me last night. Uh, he has it for the first time, and I guess he made it about another sixty days or whatever it's been since Margie and I had it. But you get to a point where You have to live. You should do your part. If you if you have it or think you have it, then, yes, you should wear masks and things like that. CDC is admitting what a bad job they did, and they really did. 
rarely are the problem ever the solution. So I hold no confidence that they can retool everything. They blew everything. They blew it. They were terrible. Almost everything they did was wrong. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear two masks. I mean, everything was completely bizarre. And I do believe at some point they should have said, hey, you know what? This vaccine that's from a long time ago now, and I'm speaking relatively, you know, long time when you consider the way that the mutation of this particular virus has has happened, which is not unexpected. It's what they do. They want to survive. So it's like, oh, wait, wow, wow, this is what's going on here. Uh, they're, they're, they're stopping me. I, I need to mutate. I need to change because the first directive is to survive. So that's what they do. Fortunately, when they mutate, typically they get less virulent. They can become more contagious, but less lethal. So we have to be, I think we have to be at a point. CDC has eliminated all these guidelines that they had. You have to get to a point where you say, just like the common cold, it's no longer a pandemic. It is now in what's called an endemic phase, which means it's going to be around either for a very long time or forever. In the history of the world, no coronavirus has ever been cured. You know how you hear there's no cure for the common cold or chicken soup. The cure for the common cold, there's no cure for COVID-19. There are therapeutics. We've learned a lot. There are vaccines. But if vaccines are going to become a serious discussion again, then they have to be vaccines which actually match the virus that's here. Not, not a virus that was here more than two years ago. What sense does that make? So they have no idea what level of protection a virus, a, a vaccine for a virus that is no longer of that particular strain, how effective that will be. My gut instinct tells me it's some protection, but not a lot of protection. Now, if you said, hey, but it would be the difference between getting really, really sick and being in a hospital or being able to resolve at home, that's that's serious. That's that's important. But I think the problem also is by the time they get the next vaccine working and it's of the current strain, then it's going to be another different one. We're going to be chasing forever. Hence the, the way that the Democrats always want an emergency going forward. So Rutgers is keeping the mask and vaccination mandates in effect. I don't agree with it. I'm going to give you an update when we come back. Uh, Dateline Alaska will tell you the latest because they have this ranked voting system, which is absolutely terrible. But we'll tell you the implications and where all that stands, who, who has made it to the next round. It's so, so stupid. So stupid what they're doing.
But that's what they do there. And whoever thought this system up uh, is diabolical. I'm telling you, they bear watching. They bear study. This is Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Yes, it is I, Harry Hurley, with, oh my gosh, I could tell you a thousand stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. But I do have an important story, Dateline Atlantic City, with these illegal ATVs. Check it out. Quotes from the council president and from a gas station owner. There's something uh, that you need, I think, to get up to speed there because they are a problem, but as a solution uh, on the table, not a good one. And, of course, my Lost in Space piece and a whole lot more on the app. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Today is going to be a bright, warm, low humidity day. Sounds beautiful to me. Mostly sunny skies, high temperature around 85 degrees. Mainly clear tonight, low of 66. Tomorrow we'll see sunny clouds. It'll get a hair warmer with a high of 87. Rain showers are possible Saturday morning, clipping the coast. Hopefully we'll see breaks of sun Saturday afternoon with a high of 81. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 36 minutes past the hour. So here's where this slop stands right now regarding the Alaska ranked voting system. Because keep in mind... You could win only to be told you lose. Oh, yeah, you got more people voted for you first. But, but you know, do we cheat him and how? Joey Box of Donuts got more second. Who, whoever wants to know that? Well, if you weren't going to vote for Harry, who would you have voted for? Huh? Who thought that was a good idea? I'm telling you, somebody that wanted to give... Somebody who otherwise can't win a chance. Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski has advanced her rival. I don't know why I always forget how to pronounce her name. I want to say Chewbacca, but it's not. Kelly, whatever it is, Sabaka. She also made it. Also, Sarah Palin for the House seat. She has made it. And keep in mind, I really believe this. These states like Alaska, Montana, uh, Wyoming, where they only have one member of the House of Representatives for the entire state, that is like being a third United States senator. You are statewide. It's a very big deal. I'd like to see Sarah Palin get this. So they have people voted for two different things. They voted for the unexpired term and also for the nomination for the two-year term. I think she's going to get both. But it really is bad. And I don't know why voters approve this. Did, did they not know what they were voting for? It's the first time it's being used 
They're not having party primaries anymore. They have ranked choice voting. The top four vote getters in a primary race, regardless of party affiliation, advance to the general election. So you see where that can become problematic. If you have two or three Republicans and maybe just one Democrat, the Democrat is going to win. Even in an area where if you add the votes up, talk about ranked voting, if you add all the votes up, the one who would win would not really have been wanted. It's a bad, bad system. So the other two places in the Senate race, they haven't, it's too close to call, too early to call. So you've got Lisa Murkowski and Kelly, and it's spelled T-S-H, come on, T-S-H. Doesn't even look right. Looks like a typo. T-S-H-I-B-A-K-A. Sabaka, or what, I can't remember. I hear it, and I just, for some reason, I can't, I can't process that name. So they both made it. The other two, we don't know who they're going to be yet. But what if it's another more conservative person and you only have one Democrat? That's not good. I don't think that's good at all. It tells me that Lisa Murkowski believes she's going to lose, though, because she's really like a Liz Cheney. I almost said Lynn. That's Dick Cheney's wife. Liz Cheney, I mean... This over-the-top level of vitriol. They both have it right now. Murkowski and Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney's already done. Dunsville. She got 29% of the vote in a vastly majority Republican state. She got slaughtered. And, of course, the national media, oh, her concession speech is going to be studied for generations to come. Uh, Liz Cheney uh, looking at a, a possible run for president. Oh, oh, so that's how it works. That's how it works. You get absolutely blown out by 40 points. I thought it was 30-some. It's 40 You lose by 40 points, and that is your launching pad to run for president? And your your mission in life is to destroy Trump? And she says it. That's her mission. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Let me do a quick reset. Coming up after the top of the hour, and you know we do this, well, we do it every day, other than Tuesday morning. So you you should know. Seven o'clock hour, you have a lease with an option to buy. And we're a very fair landlord. Make a good offer. And you can have this. The seven o'clock hour, wide open forum, by design, 609-407-1450. I have to say... And I hope you're having the same kind of week. It's been a great week. It has been an incredibly busy week. And I'm almost in shock that it's Thursday. I'm not kidding you. It feels like Tuesday to me. 
This week has just flown by. But sure enough, John Zarek will be here, so I know that's Thursday. And then right after the 9 o'clock news break, Paul Manafort. We are approaching 43 minutes past the hour. Let's step aside for this very, very important. It's not just important. It's not just very important. This very, very important early in the morning. Profit Center timeout. We'll be back. Don't go away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. Welcome back. 46 minutes past the hour. I continue to be disappointed with former Vice President Mike Pence. Look, I know it's tough. You know, you're not going to be on the ticket. You know you're not going to be on the ticket. And you want to run. And you know you can't win. Uh, and so you want to be relevant. I, I mean, I, I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that I understand this stuff inside and out. I get every little nuance, spoken and unspoken. But I don't like the way this guy's carrying himself because he's a, um, he's a sneaky mixed bag. You know, he's defending President Trump, you know, this unprecedented Mar-a-Lago raid. But then on the other hand, he says, hey, you know, uh, if you ask me, I'll consider... Uh, testifying before the January 6th panel. Well, they have been asking you. So shut up. Don't act like they're not asking you and you're offering. They are asking you. So either do it or don't do it. So I'm not happy with him. He's sneaky. And I, I didn't see that tendency in him before now. The only reason he would want to go before the January 6th committee is you see the attention that the Democrat media is giving. I mean, you think about this. If you are willing to hate Trump, say anything critical, go with their storyline. I mean, look how they have made. They had no time for Liz Cheney, the Democrat media. They had no time for her. She's so stupid. How stupid is she, Harry? Oh, thanks for asking. She's so stupid that she honestly doesn't understand that she's completely being used by the Democrat media. And they will throw you out with the trash when they're done with you. And it's so sad because her only play is to either run for president because, you know, you raise money and you get to spend that money and it's, it's, it's a big game. Go look at the net worth of Liz Cheney six years ago and go look at it now. Let's see if Siri knows Liz Cheney's net worth. I think it's like 30-some million or 60-some million. Siri, what is Liz Cheney's net worth? Here's what I found from information cradle. Yeah, that's old. It says between five and 10 million, but it's like six years old. That's not what it is now. I don't remember it precisely. My brother Don had a piece up on his social media that some, somehow I think, Don, if you if you have that, if you could text it to me, I'd like to share that with our listeners. If not, this break coming up, top of the hour, I'll go to... Um, to your Facebook page. 
But I think Don said that Liz Cheney has increased her her net worth by something like 600% or something. I can't remember exactly, but she was in the five, six million dollar range. Certainly, you know, very nice, comfortable. But that's not where she's at now. She is many, many times factor beyond that. How's that happen? What what do they do? I did a um, national appearance yesterday on the Todd Starn show, and I brought up Liz Cheney and how much more money she has. What do they do when they get into office that enables them all to get so rich? Waiting for Don to respond. Let me see if I can just find it. He's very active, though, so it's it's the kind of thing where... Thank you, Ronald. Ronald said on Pence, I hit the nail on the head. Sneaky. Yeah, well, I tell the truth. It's easy. All right, let's see. Ooh, Fox News uh, update. Trump lawyers, DOJ to face off in court. Ooh, it has something like media's big admission. I'll have to find that piece. I should have hit that link. See, they send it to me before it's even up on the website. Yeah, different listeners are sending me different numbers, you know, so I'm not going to repeat any of these, but it's gone up a lot. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see here. As always, don't try this at home. Please. Pretty please. All right, let's see. Yeah, you know Liz Cheney uh, is comparing herself to Abraham Lincoln. We told you about that yesterday. Isn't that fantastic? Really crazy. Let's see. Yeah, see, Don is just a very, very active poster. So I know I saw it, and I saw it recently, but somewhere in the neighborhood, she was somewhere between like five and... 7 million, and now it's somewhere beyond 30, 40. Yeah, I, I literally, I'm going to have to wait for Don. I can't find it. He's got so many things posted. It's it's impossible. I mentioned to you about CDC. Uh, I have a, a philosophy in life that never is the problem the solution. If you're the problem... How in the world do you become the solution? Now, if you're very successful and you make a mistake occasionally and you do a, a review of one mistake, you, you can fix things internally. I don't want to leave out reasonableness out of the equation here, but this isn't that. They were wrong about everything. But now they tell us that they're going to shake up the organization. They intend to make CDC more nimble. That's exactly the phrase I used during the pandemic. It's so weird to see this in writing yesterday. This was after we signed off. CDC comes out with this. Rochelle Walensky. And talking about, I said in real time, 
I said, you know, the CDC has to show the capability to be more nimble. And I, I wasn't just trying to grab a word. I, I wanted to define the issue. For example, they weren't acknowledging someone who had COVID-19 and developed the antibodies. And I kept saying, you got to count that. They're better vaccinated than probably the person taking the vaccine. Some dispute that. But there is no disputing that when you have it. Look, the CDC is admitting now, and it's a very high number, they're saying something like 85% of the American people have basically some level of immunity because they had it. You know how this went. This went from you didn't know anybody who had it to then you'd started to know people who had it and then you had it. But that's a big number. So you have to be more nimble. The and I don't like this term. This reminds me of Hillary Clinton with with some horrible Russian when they had the um oh what was that store with the with the the red button oh, what was that store staples their plan changes at the centers for disease control and prevention get ready calls for a reset Ooh, i'll tell you when i hear reset oh my gosh when you hear the term with these politicians I'm not saying the word is broken completely, but when you hear these politicians and their Democrat pals in the media, one and the same, talking about reset, that is code for we spectacularly blew it. We want you to just forget how terrible we were, and it's us again. We're the government. We're here to help, and we're going to reset the whole damn thing. That should not inspire confidence. And notice, nobody gets fired. The FBI people that did bad things, they got promoted. The, the, here's the irony. And it's, it's all by design. The same scoundrels that faked that whole Gretchen, Whitmer, uh, Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot thing that total entrapment scheme, which they have to keep prosecuting because they can't admit they're wrong. So that's coming up again. But that whole scheme, all the people that did that, they're now in charge of Washington, D.C. And I'll tell you, that we need a new FBI director and we're going to get one. It's going to unfortunately have to wait two years. He's got to go. He's terrible, Christopher Ray. Absolutely terrible. And I love the way they say Trump appointed him. Okay. What's that mean? Does that mean he's great? You know, when you're the appointing authority, it's it's tough. You you get you kind of get what you get. And at the leadership level, that that whole swamp is 
very, very murky. But look at all these things that, I mean, they have to change. Like Fauci's got to be gone. Christopher Ray's got to be gone. It's Animal House. It's Niedermeyer. It really is. They got to go. And don't, don't cry for them. They all will have amazing pensions. They'll want for nothing. They never do. They take care of their own very, very well. But I'm not inspired by the CDC, which blew it big time, telling us now that they're going to be more nimble and they're making changes and they're going to have faster response to health threats. I mean, come on. Give me a break. And do you know they have? Think about this. What if you got told, I'm going to give you a $12 billion annual budget and more than 11,000 employees? Could you imagine? I'm speaking to you right now. Every one of you individually. If I gave you $12 billion a year and more than 11,000 employees... I have so much confidence what you would achieve. I mean, money is not an object. So honestly, the only thing that got in the way was Democrat politics. They're all Democrats. They hated Trump. Do you think it was an accident, a coincidence that they did not announce the vaccine until after the election? That vaccine was done. They made they tried to make a chump and a fool out of President Trump when he was saying we can get this done before the end of the year. And everybody went bananas on him. And then right after the election, I believe that alone would have won Trump the election. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. 609. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's six minutes past the hour. And as promised, wide open forum this hour. So I hope you'll check in. We do have some open phone lines, even a couple that dropped minutes before we were coming back from the break. So there's even more open phone lines than just a moment ago. 609-407-1450. I hope you'll check in. I saw something that I do want to fill you in on later this hour. The 9-11 Tribute Museum has closed its doors for good. Now, this is a place where 300,000 people a year used to come. Pandemic hurt it very, very significantly and other things that I'll explain. But I'm telling you, the further we get away from September 11th, 2001, the more forgotten it becomes. The fact that this Tribute Museum is closing its doors forever t- tells you everything you need to know. The American people, and I'm not criticizing anybody, but have a short attention span and remember how when that was very, very um, shortly thereafter when it happened, the mood in America, 
and as time went on, and again, you had the Democrats pushing, you know, when can we criticize President Bush again? They hated, they hated America United because when we're united, they lose. They keep saying they're the ones that are going to bring us back together, but they lie because everything they say, the exact opposite is the truth. They need to get them in power. We either have to be divided or they have to divide us. Doesn't matter how it happens. But how would you like that existence? And everything they do, look, Biden, when he's signing this supposedly fabulous legislation, not a single Republican voted. I mean, they can't stop. Everything is about dividing the country. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Harry, I'm confused here. All um, right. The, the, the weaponizing of the IRS. Yes. Um, you know, I think maybe a lot of that might be to scare us, but how are you going to hire that many people in a short amount of time, especially knowing that the workforce is, is lean? And I saw a leaked video online about a training thing, and the people that were being trained look like Wawa flunkies. So you're going to have a Wawa flunky come to your house to audit you with a gun don't don't tell me that's going to work out good (laughs) well no and of course the administration says that none of that's going to happen nobody under four hundred thousand dollars a year is going to be audited but we already know that 78 percent or thereabouts of every audit is is someone well beneath that so they're just lying they that's why i say liars who lie about lying they lie about everything and it might not be that they actually just come right to your door, but you'll get a letter in the mail and they'll be questioning a certain year and you'll be ordered to produce certain documents, might even have to go appear uh, somewhere at an office and then you don't get out of there until you make a deal. I mean, this is, this is going to be if they get away with it. Now, the good news is this. It's true. They can't hire 87,000 IRS agents in a short period of time. They have the budget to hire 87,000 people. It will happen over time. Hopefully when the American people lay a smackdown on the Democrats on November 8th, that will be the start of effectuating change in our country. Then when Republicans take over and they start putting people through the meat grinder of hearings and putting them under oath and all these things that they're going to be doing, and then the run-up to the 2024 election, and if we're fortunate enough to win the presidency and the, and the Senate, then this IRS hell goes away. Because as you notice, it doesn't happen when Republicans are president. Well, you know, we all know that the Second Amendment was designed to protect us from a tyrannical government. See, and- the problem is we don't all know that. In fact, they're so good at their spin I would say half or more of the country doesn't agree with what you just said. So we don't all know that. It's it's a shame, but that is not self-evident. Well, the tyrannical government's here now. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you get some kid banging on your door with a gun, that's not a pretty scene because you're not coming on my property with a gun unless you're ready to play. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's really, really ugly to have people that shouldn't have guns, have guns banging on your door at who knows what hour of the night. So 
you know, it's a little bit scarier than people think. Well, and that's the problem. They get away with doing it before anybody realizes what they did. Now, to be to be fair, because it's I think a little over the top. They're not. Com- I don't think they're coming to your house, brandishing the gun and banging on your door with the gun. But they are going to be armed. The government's position is it's dangerous out there and they want their people armed. People that are out there are taking it like, hey, they're coming armed. So everybody is looking at this through their own lens. So I don't think they're coming out brandishing weapons. But, yeah, it's in the legislation. They're going to have them. So you can't tell somebody not to believe what they believe. It, yeah, it's a little far-fetched right now, but, man, they bought a lot of ammunition, didn't they? It's yes, they strange. did. Yes, they Well, m- remember, Obama bought a lot of am- ammunition, too, because he couldn't get the guns. So it was pretty smart, actually. All right, we can't get the guns. Let's buy all the bullets. So they created a bullet shortage. Yeah, th- this, this government is big time. I, the IRS has more guns than portions of the military apparatus of the country. It's all backwards. It's yeah. all ma- messed up and mixed up. Yeah, it is. Our military, it's kind of a joke right now. We need to work on that. But well, anyway. well, it's its true. I mean, they have these woke generals. Uh, you've got a president who lied and said all the generals told him uh, to get out of Af- Afghanistan. Actually, they all said just the opposite. He just complete. We have a president that for over 50 years has been a congenital liar a plagiarist, a liar. Uh, he, he, he just cannot tell the truth. But I'm on to him. So it's easy for me. Everything he says, if he says all the generals support me and that they support my Afghanistan plan, I knew that meant they all did not support the plan. So it's very easy. You're going to be right about 100% of the time. If uh, The uh, Inflation Reduction Act If you just say, no, it's not an Inflation Reduction Act, it's actually the opposite, again, ding, 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 you would be right again. Because now they've completely just, the media's gone with them the whole way. Now they call it a climate bill. uh, And and what's the other thing? Healthcare bill. It's It's not inflation reduction anymore because it never was. Then Joe Manchin gets asked, hey, how could you support this called the Inflation Reduction Act? And he said, well, nobody said it's going to happen right away. I mean, this guy's now lying through his teeth because he just voted. He voted to knock out coal in his own state because this sucker allowed Bill Gates to snooker him and go for some deal. And guess what happened? I, sir, I don't know if you know this. But I speak fact on this program. He got promised. Manchin got promised certain things that once his vote was in and cast and the thing is passed, they came back to him and said, all these things that we promised you, you can't get. There's opposition to all of it. This this sap, this chump is going to get nothing out of what he did. Maybe he'll personally be taken care of, but he's not getting anything And the coal industry is going to get sacked. And this guy in two years is going to get voted out of office. And I'm going to be reminding everybody here and what I fill in nationally for our friends uh, on all of the Fox News Radio nationally syndicated programs. I'm going to be reminding everyone what 
Joe Manchin did. He broke his word, and he's the one that delivered this bad news to the American people. Where do they all figure out, oh, my gosh, this was an inflation reduction. This is terrible. This sucks. I'm under audit now. Oh, my God. I don't know. How am I going to handle this? And all kinds of bad stuff that's going to be happening. It's, it's really sad. When we come back from the break, don't bail out. You're going to be next. Don't go away. You're the next caller after Sean Hannity and our brief early in the morning timeout. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They've artificially increased the supply of oil because they're tapping into the strategic petroleum reserves. I assume that'll continue pretty much up until Election Day to artificially reduce prices. But we're compromising national security in the process of doing that. Also, people are driving less because they can't afford it. You know, I think that that some people are actually buying into this lie, this inflation reduction legislation. They're lying when they say, well, uh, you know, you're not going to be taxed if you make under $400,000 a year. Well, they're taxing oil and they're ta- every barrel of oil that we buy. They're taxing uh, natural gas and they're taxing coal. Who do you think is going to pay for all of that? All of us will. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. You know, there's no sign that identity theft is slowing down. And frankly, why should it? You have more than $14 billion stolen from identity theft victims last year alone. Now, to cyber criminals, that's their success story. To the rest of us, it's a wake-up call. Now, all of us are putting our personal information at risk every day in more places than ever. And all of that exposure can make it really dangerous and easy to steal your identity. Now, LifeLock by Norton, they make it easy to help protect yourself by monitoring your identity and alerting you to threats that you could miss on your own. If you become a victim, you will get a U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist that will be dedicated to your case and help you fix it. Now, look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every single transaction of every single business But if you use my name, Hannity, you'll save an additional 25% off your first year. Just call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com. Use the promo code Hannity, 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code Hannity. Um. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our live pregame show live from the boardwalk in Atlantic City at Show Central right across from historic boardwalk hall begins at 6 a.m. right here on the station that plays the winners. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our pregame show will feature one star-studded guest after another for five hours, maybe a little bit more if the show doesn't start. We're going to go right until the show begins, which is supposedly uh, approximately 11 a.m., but it's usually a little bit past that. So once that begins, we will turn it over to Howdy McCann Jr., and we'll have all the action right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Very well. Thank you. I just wanted to share some insight and thoughts um, concerning the term reset. (laughs) Reset, to me, is ubiquitous with uh, Build Back Better. And these are terms that the administration has been using, but not just our administration, administrations throughout the world. And these terms originate from the World Economic Forum. And Klaus Schwab even wrote a book on the Great Reset. And if you research enough, you'll see that there's an attack on our food supply. There's an attack on our dollar. 
There's attack on our justice system. These are all planned and these are all coordinated. And people like Bill Gates, who's buying up all the farmland and financing the who and these people that are making decisions that aren't in our best interest. And I just want to challenge you to open up your research window and try and connect the dots. Um, people. By, by the way, were you listening just a little bit ago? I did an entire monologue on the word reset. <laughs> yes, sir. That's what... Um, yeah. That's what kind of inspired me to call you again. Yeah, I mean, they're they're on they're they're they have a plan, their plan, and I think you're going to agree with this. And if you don't, please um, please say so and and say what what you believe. But my belief and is so crystal clear to me. Every single thing that they do is about controlling the American people. They want to control your food. They want to control the gasoline. People are driving less right now. This Obama-Biden crowd, they're all about high gasoline prices. This is what they want. Obama said it. I mean, they want to bankrupt coal. They, they want to bankrupt fossil fuels. It's so, it's so incredibly wrongheaded. They, they want this clean energy that is absolutely filthy to achieve. But that doesn't get in the way. As does does not their running SUVs or their running uh, jet airplanes. Everything they do is about control. Do you agree? I do agree. I also agree that it's not just the Democrats and we get caught up between left and right, red and blue. The deep state is on the left and on the right. It is. It is true. It is true. There are bad Republicans as well. However, as Denny Levinson would say, as bad as we are, we're better than they are. There is a distinction. There is a difference here between Republicans and Democrats. And all we have to do is go back to the four, first four, because there's going to be four more, the first four Trump years. There was not nearly the desire to control the American people's every move. Uh, it was much more open. Uh, it was much more free. So... Let me see again. We don't have to have agreement, but it's always nice to. Do you agree that and I'm 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 stipulating to what you said. There are bad actors on both sides. There's no doubt about it. There's some very bad Republicans in there that they worked against Trump his entire presidency and they bear watching. But there is a difference between when Republicans are in control and when Democrats are in control. It's never perfect, but it is better. I agree. I just want to challenge you to research on a wider net and just look at how they're trying to bring in the digital currencies, not just here, but in all the other countries. Look how they're taking away the farmland and the nitrogen and not letting you have food. It's not just in the United States. It's a global attack, and the United States has to go down or they'll never succeed. Well, they want the one world order, and we have people right in this country this George Soros and all these DAs that he funded, he, he denies and says that this isn't what he did. But of course, it's what he did, because everything they say, the exact opposite is true. I accept your challenge. I, I, I believe I accept that type of challenge on an everyday basis. As soon as I learn something, I'm, I'm stubborn, persistent, like a dog on a bone. If I see that something is absolutely corrupt, I, I'm on it. 
uh, I'm, I'm staying on an issue in Atlantic City right now until it's resolved uh, that we're going to be talking about when time permits. So I, I have to run uh, to the next call, but I accept your challenge. Thank you for calling and call again. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Hurley. How are you? Uh, Hurley as well. How are you? Oh, good. Hey, so listen, we went down to Mar-a-Lago, and we were protesting, and we were chanting, lock him up, the mango must be chained. Lock him up, the mango must be chained. How, how, how did it, you sound, you sound, the mango must be chained. Who's MAGA? Make America Great Again is a concept. It's a theme. It's a, to quote oh, the great Obi-Wan Obama, it's a construct. Do, so what do you mean by the MAGA must be chained? Who, who, who do you want chained? No. Who, who do you want chained? Who do you want chained? That, let me tell you something. There is help. I, I, I am a compassionate man. I urge you to get the help that you need. Because, number one, I don't believe you were at Mar-a-Lago, but if you were and you were chanting, the MAGA must be chained, there are butterfly nets and padded rooms. And please uh, take, take me up on my advice. It's free. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, do not try this at home. We'll be back with your call next. So there you have it. I mean, th- that's somebody that was on hold for quite a while and couldn't do any better than that. A seminar caller, the MAGA must be chained. So the Make America Great Again must be chained. The Make America Great Again must be chained. To that nutbag that just called, that I'm sure is still listening, you listen to the show more than I do. And I do the show. Uh, That's hard to do, but you've achieved it. I know it. I just know it. I feel it. When he's in for his second term and he has the opportunity to make America great For a second time, you too will benefit. You will complain because you nuts out there that hate him. You can't possibly love what's been going on for the past couple of years or nearly couple of years. Do you love your high gasoline prices? You you loving that? Is that is that fantastic? Are you loving uh, that chicken is uh, like, who knows, 100 percent more than it used to be? Maybe more. Are you loving all the inflation? Are you loving all of this? And you must love the Inflation Reduction Act. I am so happy you called. You have no idea. Because that's what your side, that's what you've got. You've got one flew over the cuckoo's nest logic. That's all you've got. Mm. Boy, you're going to be very unhappy on November 8th. Call me on the 9th because I'll talk you down. Uh, I'm very compassionate like that. You're going to be very unhappy. America's going to be better, but you're going to be unhappy. And then, oh, my gosh, it's, it's going to be like remove all sharp, sharp objects because then in two years, you're, you're, you'll be institutionalized. Because guess what? It's all coming back. You'll be singing that song. It's all coming back to me now. Got to go. Your calls continue next on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. At 31 minutes past the hour, Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 
an Atlantic City ordinance that will deny gasoline to these illegal ATV. They're off. They're just not street legal. I say illegal because they're not street legal. Denying them gasoline is dangerous and it's wrong. And I explain why. Read the column. Bill Moomy, Will Robinson answered a question I've wanted the answer for 50 years. And survey says New Jersey is the second best state in America to live. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Warming up today as our wind switches from northerly to westerly. It'll be about 5 degrees warmer than yesterday with a high of 85. That is par for the course for mid-August. We'll see mostly sunny skies, dry air, and dry weather. Mainly clear tonight, low of 66. Tomorrow we'll see sun and clouds. Even warmer at 87. Rain showers are possible Saturday morning. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean. Approaching 38 minutes past the hour, and I'm telling you it's going to fly from here. We'll take a, a number of your phone calls between now and the top of the hour. Then John Zarek flies by, and then we'll be welcoming, and it, actually we'll be welcoming back Paul Manafort. I can't remember when, but it's been sometime this year, several months ago, we visited. It was a great, great time with Paul Manafort. And I'll tell you something that I wish all Americans would sign on to, and we could bring enough pressure, uh, and I mean this in the in in the peaceful, you know, nonviolent way, but we could bring the right pressure brought to bear to end this practice of the in search of a crime. This 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 very Russian Stalinesque Beria type dangerous approach. Look, this guy Weiselberg that's going down today, and 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 they they worked it out. Uh, he'll testify against. The Trump Organization, but he won't testify against any Trump family member. So, you know, they make it. Oh, it's just business. You know, it's nothing personal. It's just business. But that they went at they went in search of a crime because they get everything in your life. Oh, look at this. You gave people uh, cars and you gave people uh, apartments and, and all this stuff. So then, bam, they got you. So he pleads guilty and he'll do, I think they said, uh, no more than 100 days in jail. But this, I'm going to ask Manafort this because he's one of them. Uh, This in search of a crime is the most dangerous environment that we've had in American history. And we've had it several times over the centuries. We've got to get back to if a crime is committed, it's investigated and law enforcement does its job. And if it's a judge or it's a jury, whatever system, then it that it all takes place. But this these people running and saying, I'm going after Trump and everyone in his orbit. And you just you go to Mar-a-Lago and you take everything you want. You go in Melania Trump's panties drawer uh, and and all this stuff. We got to get out of this business. Of this, it's it is it is beyond dangerous. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good 
Good morning, Harry. Uh, not why I called, but uh, just a dovetail off of what you were just saying. Uh, a lot of this started with uh, Harry Reid and Mitt Romney. Uh, Romney had to prove that he paid his taxes. Harry Reid didn't have to prove that he didn't. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh had to prove that he didn't uh, rape this woman. They didn't have to prove that he did. So, so this is a pattern now. But, uh, you know, and Liz Cheney started with $3 million net worth when she got into Congress. Six years later, she's worth 40 was on Tucker Carlson either last night or the night before. Yeah, I think it's actually 44. But what is um, what is the uh, the genesis of that? How, how does that take place? What did she do so spectacular to to, uh, to whatever that is, uh, seven times, six, seven times uh, what she was worth? How does that happen, Andy? What did she do that was so great? Well, I don't. Well, one can only assume. But, you know, you, you, you don't look at her taxes. But you look at a guy who was wealthy before he got into politics. You look, you look at his taxes, but not at the people who didn't get wealthy until they got into politics, like Joe Biden. But the real reason I call, you know, Harry, I've been thinking about this. Our side, and I, and I mean conservatives. Um, when in your lifetime do you recall people of our ilk out protesting all the time? It's never happened in my lifetime. I mean, because we have jobs. Yeah. We yeah. have families to take care of. Yeah. We have responsibilities. So we go to work every day. But there, there is a, there's an ilk of people in our lifetime for 60 years, the grievance industry, that all they do is bitch and complain and protest. Yeah, and many, many times they're actually being paid to do it. Yes. And what the Democrats had to do is to create a scenario where they could pull the silent ma- majority out of the shadows, get them out on the streets protesting, so that they could then justify that we have a violent world, that these people are terrorists, they're, they're violent extremists, so that they could then justify arming the IRS. And, so, and, 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 and of course, putting all these... Uh, George Soros DAs in to, to, to let these criminals out to, to not charge them in order to create a dangerous society on purpose so that people like you and I would finally say I've had enough then we start getting out there with our uh, raising our voices so now they created the scenario to now justify coming after us you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I follow completely. I mean, teachers, not teachers, parents became domestic terrorists under Biden and Merrick Gar- uh, Garland. It's just uh, absolutely outrageous. And you're absolutely correct. If can, if conservatives protest, then they should be arrested. Their freedom should be taken. They're a danger. But all these Democrats that protest and burn things and break things and hurt people, uh, they get either no charges or all the charges are dropped. Look at those Look at those January 6th people that almost two years now uh, have had their constitutional rights violated. Yes, and January 6th, Harry, had all of the hallmarks of what people on the left do. It was completely anathema to everything the right stands for and does, but they had to make it look like it was the right. So they had a few people dress up 
with Trump hats so that people would think that they were actually Trump supporters. And you're correct about the parents at the school board meetings. For the first time, the right is letting its voice be heard. And one last thing, I'll let you go. Mm -hmm. So think about how our country was founded, Harry. It was a group of men gathering in a tavern or an inn or a meeting house and sharing ideas. What, when, when, when COVID came, the goal was to separate people from all of their connections so that they could not commiserate, so that they could not share ideas, okay? Then they locked them in their homes with only one thing to do, which was either go on the Internet or watch television. But then they got to control what you did and didn't see on television or on the Internet like they wouldn't show the Hunter Biden laptop story. And then what they did was they got people, all they had to do... By the way, let me interrupt. Not only would they not show it, they would actually um, say it's not real. They, 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 they all lied. I mean, at the highest levels, including the president, they all lied and said it's Russian disinformation, it's not real. Uh, anybody that would even try to peddle it uh, they were the bad person. I mean, this was, this is as scary as it gets. And of course, right after the election, suddenly it's okay. It's all true. Well, it's exactly right. And you talked about, they have to keep us divided. Yes. They used COVID, they used COVID to do that because all we had to do with our time was go on the internet. And what did we do? We got on social media and we started bickering with one another over politics. Oh, it was terrible. And I I mean, and in my case, I even took calls over the air with people that didn't agree with me and I didn't agree with them. And yeah, they, they, I give credit where credit's due, even if it's diabolical. They succeeded just amazingly well with what they did with changing the way we vote, the process, drop boxes, vote by mail. Uh, look how they utilize a crisis and and of course you know the doctrine you never let a good crisis go to waste and they never do no harry this is this is a hundred percent right and and what they did the goal was to make the silent majority no longer silent draw them out get them angry to the point where they maybe do start yelling and screaming and then they have us and the difference is if Democrats would have done what happened on January 6th, there'd be no January 6th commission. There would be no charges. They would be defended. I mean, Biden and Harris, they were bailing people out that hurt cops and burned buildings and took over police stations and put their name on the top of police stations. I mean, they 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 supported that. Remember, uh, fiery but mostly peaceful protests flip the script. And there's no issue here. This would have just been people's right to protest. It's sick. It is truly sick what they get away with. And then ass clowns like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger go along with this crap. So then the media can say it's bipartisan. It's sickening. We'll be back. Got to run, Andy. Uh, when we come back, we've got a lot of your calls to get to. You will be next. You'll be right after that, and you'll be right after that. We've got a lot to do. Stay with us. It's Hurley in the morning.
Mark Levin. Biden is back, I think I read today. What are they talking about? Has your situation improved? The Iranians are on the march. The communist Chinese are, are within a wink of invading Taiwan. What the hell are they talking about? The border's wide open, and it's a success. More spending, more debt, more inflation. Biden's winning. But America is not. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Thank you and right back to your calls at 53 minutes past the hour. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hello. I think everybody knows that the 535 people in the Senate and the House are allowed to do insider trading through siblings and spouses. But what most Americans aren't aware of, I think Rush Limbaugh pointed it out on his second to last episode that they put a spouse or a sibling on K Street as a consulting office and then when the lobbyists from Wall Street come into their Capitol Hill to ask them to vote one way or another on a bill they send them over to their spouse or sibling to review the bill for them because they have so many bills and then they whoever it is, Exxon, Raytheon, they write a $250,000 check and our elected officials vote accordingly. Well, there's a lot of this that goes on. Lyndon Johnson used to have a warehouse, and if he could buy you, he would buy your vote. If he couldn't buy your vote, he would then crush you. So this whole um, inside baseball game has been going on a long time. They, they, they always are willing to buy you first. There's no, there's no accident that they all do. Look, look how they all do so well. They vote themselves raises. It actually happen automatically. They don't even have to vote for them. They they voted to make them automatic. So then that, that you never never have to address that. You don't get a raise, but but they get one automatically. If the government shuts down, maybe you get affected, but they get paid because it's in the legislation. For Obamacare, it's so fantastic that they put in the legislation. They don't get it. They have something else. Nobody talks about that. I mean, you and I. We could go on and on and on about this. And they all, ones that don't go in with any money, come out millionaires. Ones that go in with a little bit, come out with a lot. Liz Cheney, for example, after three terms, is going to go from five or six million net worth to in the range of 45 million. So six, seven times uh, more than she had just a few years ago. It goes on and on. Uh, we, we, we don't have enough time. To, to go over the, the examples. They're so voluminous. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Harry, I've always loved the way you explain things. Amazing. Because then even a, a, a third grader could understand it. And I think this is a really, really good thing. You don't talk over anyone's head, and I've always loved that about you. Thank you. Anyway, I am disgusted, disgusted, and nauseous with Liz Cheney, I'm so thrilled and elated that she lost. Uh, I want to know something about Harriet Hageman. Is she Native American? I don't know. I wouldn't have thought that, uh, and I have no reason to say that. I'll check into it. I I don't have an answer for that. I've not heard that before now. I've I've thought that because of the um, omelets and the... um, jewelry that she wears every day and i think it's representative of uh being a native american somewhere along the line 
But I wanted to say the audacity and the unmitigated gall that Liz Cheney has, uh, I am just, uh, it's uh, it's just above reproach. I don't know what to say. I don't have words for it. Hmm. Um, it, She wants to run for president? Are you kidding me? She's a joke. Uh, She's believing her own headlines. I mean, think about this. She got trounced by 40 points and you had the Democrat TV programs bringing her on the morning after. I mean, think about that. They were all writing headlines that said uh, Liz Cheney's uh, speech, concession speech. I don't even know that they called it a concession speech because she didn't lose in in their eyes. Democrats never lose, you know, and she's considered now a Democrat uh, for, for five minutes. But they said her speech will be studied for generations to come. They're talking about her presidential campaign. Not that she lost by 40 percent in her own state. So, yeah, this is pretty sick stuff, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, one more thing I want to mention. I, I did finish reading uh, The Laptop from Hell, and it bears to mind a question that I've had for quite some time. Isn't anybody ever looking at what the vice president does or where he or she goes? Really? I mean, don't they have to fill out a, uh, a a form or something when they take friends, family, this, that, and the other, all over the world? I mean, is there no oversight into what the vice president does? I mean, even when Pence was vice president, and I even, I mean, even before that, because laptop from hell really got me thinking. Not that I didn't think before, but this, this really you know, shook the cobwebs out on this particular question. It's like, nope, they can... And remember, Miranda Devine, uh, she was trashed at the time of it uh, because they got away with making the truth a lie. I know what you mean. Yep, they did. Let me try to squeeze in one more call real quick. And have a great day, Jenny. We'll talk again. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Caller, can I help you? Good morning, Harry. Good morning to you. Quick question. Sir. If a Black Lives Matter had uh, threatened the FBI the way Orange Boy uh, protester did, what do you think would have happened? Well, that's a very rude way to put it. I mean, Orange Boy. I mean, that's the immediate past president of the United States. Uh, And he didn't threaten anyone. You're a liar. I'm just going to call you out. You are a liar. He didn't threaten anyone. It's, it's, It's amazing. He actually came out and said, I'd like to help turn the temperature down in any way that I can. And you lunatics, you twist that into whatever meaning you want to make it. I'm not responding to that trash that you just spoke. It's flat out false. The whole thing is a false premise. But keep listening and keep your mind open to learning the truth. Because that that was a twisted question that you just posed, and it does not deserve a serious answer. John Zarek is next. What a morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. The Law Offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek. And John is here. The Law Offices of John Zarek, their goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense to make an appointment with John, Brendan, Stephanie, the entire team, 609 641-2266 641-2266 on the web at johnzarek.com. Counselor, so much in the news. The time is yours. Good morning. So good to be here today, Harry. Uh, you know, we want to always, always uh, support our police and law enforcement. They're the people that keep us from oblivion, really. Um uh, and you're, we're getting a little taste of oblivion uh, in New York City. Uh, you can there's a there's a, a hashtag Welcome New York, Welcome to New York, and uh, it shows videos of outrageous things happening in New York, out of control, of uh, people sleeping in the on the subway stairs. Um, attacks on people in all sections of the city. The Upper East Side used to be pretty safe area. Now people are getting shot in the head right on the street in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's really a uh it's it's uh what the woke community is uh, the woke paradise. It's like the communist paradise in uh in the old Soviet days in the beginning. They promised a paradise and it turned into uh, a murderous misery for millions and millions and millions of people. So that's what uh, that's what the left is working on right now. What the um, what the woke crowd is working on, and uh, you know what the Democrats are assenting to. You know, to the extent that they play that game and don't speak out against these things, and we're getting really bad results and and. So we don't want uh, we don't want to be there, and I trust the American people will not be there. They they got a little taste of it so far. Um, California, they're bailing out of California like crazy, and uh, going to going to Florida. You know, um, the mayor, I mean, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, had an interesting line. He said, Florida is where wokeism comes to die. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, I think to a great extent, um, and I'm proud of this, to a great extent, South Jersey is is there. You know, um, we really, we see a few kooks <laughs> once in a while saying defund the police and, um you know, calling everyone, everyone who opposes any black person for any reason or challenges any black person for any reason is a racist, of course. And uh, all the police are fascist and, and Nazis. And, you know, this is this is there's always going to be a small segment of the population, but it should be a small segment, as we as we used to say in the 
you know, or used to see in the 50s and the 60s, you know, there were, there were always communists around and, you know, they'd have a big parade and every, all the normal people would be marching and happy and so forth. And then, of course, they'd say, oh, and here are the communists, you know, there'd be 15, um, <laughs> As my as my mother-in-law used to call them, Kookburgers, right? <laughs> <laughs> who'd be watching. They say, "Oh yeah, the communists." They laugh it off. But um, you know, we're we're always going to have people that are dreamers uh, on the extreme left and and also seeking power because they sure don't have any power in a normal society. So they their only chance for power is to have a really unbalanced society and unbalanced political atmosphere. And so, um, you know, that's why we, that's why we support our police and, you know, and we support normalcy. Uh, I think, um, it's pretty clear that the, the Democrats locally, nationally are mistaken. You know, they've just been on the wrong side of society and the future of America for a long time now. So I think we're having a lot of individual people uh, moving to the Republican Party and a lot of public figures moving to the Republican Party. Or if they're afraid to say that they're Republicans and still maintain that they're Democrats, they're taking up positions that are very Republican and very conservative. And so... You know, that's what we see in South Jersey. Uh, that's what I see in South Jersey, that we're uh, a lot of these ills that plague a lot of the country in woke, left-leaning, extreme Democratic areas, New York, Chicago, um, San Francisco, L.A., uh, California, the whole state because of uh, the governor. A lot of these things are not taking root here they had a little flare-up but um we're a conservative area of south jersey um we're going to stay that way and we're going to get get even stronger with that and for what reason harry to flaunt our power to uh get you know to get rid of our enemies of course not you know that's that's what the other side does um, we're doing it because we love the flag, we love the military, we love law enforcement, uh, we love arithmetic, and we like fair play in sports. You know, all the good stuff. That's all we want. You know, we don't want, um, we, we don't have our heads in clouds, um, just solid base. What we want to do. Hey, John, but let me ask you this, though, because I agree with you. I think that uh, the election of Senator Vince Palestina uh, and, and that was this area of southernmost southern New Jersey. And before that, Michael Testa in absolute southernmost southern New Jersey. And also you could go to District 3 and, and say what happened there with um, the former longtime longest serving Senate president in New Jersey history being vanquished. Uh, by Ed Durr, all that happened. And so I do I do agree with your, your theme, but I see some very bad headwinds 
with this dangerous philosophy of governance right now in our country where they are picking people and then they are going on a relentless search for a crime. Paul Manafort, as you know, John, John, John knew this before uh, I even signed on this morning. Uh, Paul is going to be on right after John. Paul Manafort, if he's not the former campaign chairman to President Trump, he wouldn't have had one legal tangle. I'm not even getting into the details of what they say he did and what he says he didn't do, but it never would have happened. This guy was just recognized as distinguished, uh, the former Reagan architect, uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Then you have, I mean, this is in no particular order. You have Roger Stone. You have um, uh, Rudy Giuliani today. You, you have George Papadopoulos, who we've interviewed. You have today the former Trump CEO, uh, Alan Weiselberg. He's going to plead guilty to stuff. None of this ever would have happened if Trump doesn't become president. John, I'm submitting to you that there is a weaponization of our Department of Justice and some of the other functions. And now we've got 87,000 new IRS agents coming after everybody. John, this is a very, you use the word danger a lot. There is a lot of danger right now. Now, keep in mind, if you're Hunter Biden, you're in a $20 million home for free in South Carolina. And when you're not there, you're in a Malibu house uh, somehow uh, able to do that. You're on the the top steps of Air Force One on your way to vacation. Uh, I, I submit to you, John, this is a very dangerous time in America. No doubt about it. Uh, I, I recognize the danger. It's there. It's got to be dealt with. But I believe it will be dealt with, and it will be dealt with primarily by the voters in November. It's going to be a very, very aggressive um, outpouring of rejection for this type of behavior. And I think I trust the American people. And it's it's been a while since I um, felt confident that we're going to get through this in, in one piece, but I'm confident that we are. Um, and I think, I think the uh, raid, uh, search warrant, execution on Trump's home um, in Mar-a-Lago, I think that was the, um, the crowning jewel of uh, the turnaround. I think that was so so stupid. I hope, John. Hold your thoughts right there. We're coming right back. Don't go away. It's 17 minutes past the hour as John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek with John. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. John made the all-star lineup. He will be there for 30 minutes of what will be a five-hour, could be even a little bit more than five hours because we'll go starting at six and then we'll go right until we turn the broadcast over to Howdy McCann Jr., uh, for the 19th annual Atlantic City Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. And uh, John will be with us for 30 minutes of the broadcast. So looking forward to that. Counselor, the uh, break out in our way, you were saying. Yeah, we, uh, so I think things are uh, going to turn very strongly. I, I think you, you saw the uh, defeat uh, in Wyoming, 
of uh, of our esteemed senator, um, Congresswoman. You know, or Congresswoman. But but as you know, though the the entire spin is that her speech will be studied for generations to come, and that she's a presidential candidate. I mean, she lost by forty points, and. They they interviewed her. They didn't interview Hageman, the winner. This is this is the country we're living in right now, John. It's bizarro world. Yeah. The loser uh, by forty points is the star. Yeah, well, that's the way it is. I mean, they're they're not going to give up. I mean, Trump really destroyed. What the most important thing he did is he destroyed these dynasties, right? Um, now, there are some good people in these dynasties, of course, but in general, they didn't they don't have the clout that they once had the Bush dynasty, um, you know, the Cheney dynasty. Uh, they just they don't um, they don't have the clout that they once had. They don't have the energy that they once had. The Kennedys was another dynasty. I mean, they've all suffered. Uh, again, individual people in 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 those dynasties at times are, you know, very good and very helpful to the um, to the country. But the idea that you can be president because your dad was president, or you can be president because your dad and your brother were president, um, that's gone. You know, that no longer counts. John, I did a piece the other day, courtesy of identical twin brother Don P. Hurley, who put it together, and it was just a brilliant observation. This January will be the first time that a Kennedy, and that goes all the way back to JFK when he was the Boston congressman. I think that was 1947. So however many years that is, 75 years, this will be the first time there won't be a Kennedy, a Bush, a Cheney, Obama, Clinton, et al., McCain. This is the first time in 75 years and not every one that I mentioned because Trump did not retire McCain, but every one of them, basically, Trump retired. He did. He did. And and, and, and the, the deep state, the swamp, they don't like that very much. Yeah, he not only retired the individual people, he retired, as I said, the dynasty. Yeah. You know, the, it, it, they just can't get traction anymore. They can't get enough traction. They have some traction. Everyone will know the names, but they just can't get the traction that they used to have. Well, look, George P. Bush ran in Texas, the land commissioner. He lost. I mean, that that whole the whole brand of all these dynasties, uh, America's turned the page. I mentioned this and I thought it was disgraceful, but I mentioned that the, the national media didn't even really mention on November 22nd that this was the day that President Kennedy died. It, it's it the, the it the country is turning the page on all of this. Yep, and I believe that uh, I believe that Trump will be the candidate um, in 2024. I, I believe he'll win in 2024. But the same phenomenon will not carry forward with his kids. I believe. I mean, they're skilled and they're talented and so forth. But I think the days of these dynasties are over. And I think they're over because of Trump. He just he just blew them up, especially the Bushes, especially the Bushes. I mean, they were on top of the world 
um, one month, and then or and then in a matter of a month or two, they were all almost laughing stocks. You know, now it'll swing back the other way a little bit with um, with George W. Bush. I mean, I think he was a um, a solid president. You know, but the the, the old days are over, and um, you know, and cer- certainly Herbert Walker Bush was a, a good president, um, a, a good guy, uh, and, and a war hero. And you have to give him that. He oh, was yeah. a uh, fighter pilot, quite a yeah. quite a hero. Yes, and and he, um, you know, he did a creditable job, but you know, his they all. They all tried to uphold the dynasty to come and help Jeb, and it didn't work. And it didn't it didn't work in a way that you know really was the end for them in in any major sense. And so that's that's what we're dealing with now. So it's it's you know Trump did a service in that regard to because that really doesn't make sense. Does it really make sense that you're going to be president because your dad was president? Or your brother was president. It really shouldn't make sense. Um, but you think about it, John Adams, uh, and not long thereafter, John Quincy Adams. Uh, kind of interesting. John Adams, a one-term president, and then his son became president. Uh, I, I guess he was number six, and John Adams was number two. Then, of course, you had Bush forty-one, one-term president, should have been a two-term president. Ross Perot and some other. Uh, factors and then Bush 43 so it's not new dynastic tendencies are not new no um, we love our kids and to a great extent we'll help our kids any way we can and you know probably um, all those fathers uh, thought that they're their kids were just the most wonderful thing in the world. And, you know, that's... Hey, John, you know who I would enjoy voting for? And I don't rule it out of the realm of possibility, especially depending on how all of this goes down. Somebody that I would just be thoroughly delighted and and proud to vote for, brilliant, I think would be a terrific president, Ivanka Trump. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, she's uh, she's certainly skilled, but she um, I don't think she has a um, she's not personable. I, I'll say that uh, she's very difficult to uh, to get her to engage. I believe on a on a, a, a basis where people with her feel comfortable. Um, I think she's, you know, I think she's skilled and she's talented and um, certainly honest, but uh, I don't know that she would have that ability to make people feel like she's right there sitting with them in their living room, you know. And- I, I get what you're saying. I'll tell you another one who I think has the the absolute capacity to run, maybe even the desire to run. I watched him last night for about 15 minutes. Uh, Don Jr. has fire in his belly. 
Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's natural uh, for any of them. They've been in the White House. They know what the deal is. They probably feel confident that they can handle the situation and do so much better than so many of the people out there. So that's that's natural. Yeah, but. yeah. But and for example, I don't see it in Eric, although he's a phenomenal surrogate, and so is his wife uh, Lara. I mean, they're phenomenal surrogates. But uh, there's two Trump children. I think one of them may run for president sometime in the next decade or so. John, let's get our halftime break in. We're going to be right back. The time is yours. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. With John, I'm Harry, and we'll be right back. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Today is going to be a bright, warm, low humidity day. Sounds beautiful to me. Mostly sunny skies, high temperature around 85 degrees. Mainly clear tonight, low of 66. Tomorrow we'll see sunny clouds that'll get a hair warmer with a high of 87. Rain showers are possible Saturday morning, clipping the coast. Hopefully we'll see breaks of sun Saturday afternoon with a high of 81. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Today on Hey Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Paul Manafort in 29 minutes. John Zarek until then. Counselor, time is yours. As much as I like to talk about political things, I want to talk about um, some legal some legal stuff about the things we do on a daily basis uh, and the thing that's been coming to mind repeatedly over the last couple of weeks and i want to take the opportunity to talk about it now is uh cross-examination you know like people are always uh i think people are always fascinated by it uh, in the movies we always have dramatic cross cross-examinations on big uh national headline criminal cases there's always the cross-examination that's played over and over again the you know one of the classics was f lee bailey's cross-examination of mark Furman in the oj case yes where it was just he he he, he eviscerated him yeah it, it couldn't have been better um and as an aside how important F. Lee Bailey was to me when um, I was a young lawyer because just just when I, I think just when I started law school, his book came out, um, Bailey for the Defense or whatever it was, but it was a blockbuster book and it had a lot of exciting stories about him being a criminal lawyer. And well, I, you remember he was the it thing. He almost became like an action verb for the very definition that embodied his profession. Rush Limbaugh picked up on and called Mark Levin F. Lee Levin. Uh, that was his nickname for the great one, Mark Levin, F. Lee Levin. So he was he was the gold standard, John. Yeah, he was. And um, such a such a good guy. And I had a chance to, uh, to talk with him at length at a... Uh, National Trial Lawyers um, Conference, and um, talked quite a long time with him. He was a you know very personable guy, 
Uh, he was not practicing law at that time. What he was doing was, and, and I talked to him about this, was um, he was teaching speech, really. He was teaching uh, lawyers and others how to communicate clearly. You know, there are a lot of, lot of uh, techniques. And so we talked quite a, quite a while about that. And he was, he was excited about it as a new law student would have been. You know, he just he just loved the work. He loved that he was teaching people uh, to be more effective and to be uh, better communicators and so forth. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. I have a, a picture with him, thank God, and uh, which is important to me. And he's uh, he was a, a great great lawyer. But cross examination, you know, in in his case, there are there's a, there are the basics of cross examination and. Um, Number one, you you really should consider the witness irrelevant, and certainly the judge is irrelevant in cross-examination, and the prosecutor is irrelevant in cross-examination, because really they can't, unless you break the rules, they really can't have any impact on your, on your cross-examination. The only two entities that count in the cross-examination are you and the jury. And cross, what cross-examination really is, and, and this is my interpretation of it, I've, I've never heard a, a teacher say otherwise or a professor or uh, a so-called legal expert say otherwise. Cross-examination is really nothing more than a conversation between you and the jury using the witness as a prop <laughs> and the judge and um except to you know keep the rules uh, make sure you're following the rules and and you don't want to intentionally not follow the rules because it's pretty stupid to get corrected in front of a jury you know and, and even jurors know what the rules are now so um you don't want to needlessly you know push the envelope and try to make mistakes um, or allow yourself to make mistakes. You want to you keep it between you and the jury. And so what, you're, um, the, what you would do in a, in, a, in a circumstance, let's say there's a, you know, a murder case, so some, the, the body is lying there and um, the cross-examination of a police officer, and it should be all things you know the answer to. And they should you should know the answer because they're in the police report or they're on a video, you know, already established that this is the answer. But you get through cross-examination to tell that story to the jury directly and have the police officer or other witness confirm that what you're saying is true. And it's very, very powerful. For example, uh, officer, um, you were the first on the scene at this homicide, correct? Yes, I was. And you know that because you read in the report. I was, you read in the report, I was first on the scene, right? So you know what he's going to answer. You were first on the scene at this homicide. Yes, I was. And you looked around quickly to see um, if there was anyone 
who might have been involved in this. Isn't that correct? Yes. And you saw a few people that you noted and you checked out, but you decided you decided they were not involved, correct? Now, that doesn't mean they necessarily weren't involved. It just means he decided they were not involved, correct? Yeah. And, and you know the answer to that because he would have followed up with those people. You have his report. He didn't talk to them anymore. And you didn't see my client, Mr. Jones, at that scene, did you? No, I did not. Okay. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So you can keep asking questions that you know the answer to. And in fact, you don't have any objective information aside from what others have said. You don't have any direct information, knowledge yourself as to whether he was at that scene or in San Francisco at the time, do you? And he has to say no, because he has none of that. So you can go on like that. That's three or four questions. But essentially what you're doing is you're, you're telling the jury a story, and you're really telling them your opening statement again and your closing argument again. You know, you're getting another crack at the jury through that witness. And... As long as you stay in that uh, mode where you're in control of the cross-examination because you know the answer every time and you can go from one answer to the other, you can be quite effective. John, hold it right there. We're going to come right back 45 minutes past the hour. I'll quote a guest listener who wrote into the program a few minutes ago, fascinating information, quote, End quote. John Zarek continues. It's smart law with John John Zarek. With John, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 52 minutes past the hour. Paul Manafort joining us, the former President Trump campaign chairman and quite a story. And he has a, a very interesting book that... We did, a, a, I thought, a great review of political prisoner persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced. And they're coming after him again. I mean, they don't stop. John, you know, I've made I've made the statement that I believe that President Trump will be investigated for the rest of his life. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? We are not hearing you, President. There you go. The only thing thing that could happen is there's such a a strong move to the conservative side and such a total rejection of um, the wokeism and and, and really, I'd say, socialist uh, totalitarian tactics. I mean, when you're you're keeping um, national leaders out of the media or, or negative stories about your people out of the media. Yeah. And you're also using the criminal process to attack, investigate and attack the opposition. Um, that's pretty, you know, it's pretty close to a totalitarian state. That's really close to, you know, Soviet Russia or Venezuela or any other place where, um, the, the people in power call the shots and stay in power forever, by the way. Uh, so I think this is going to be a very 
firm, I mean, coming up in the next couple of years, starting in November, you're going to have a very, very firm um, rejection of that. And what you're going to see also, remember, the, the Republicans are going to take control of the House, and they're going to have hearings. I mean, just like there have been hearings for the past um, couple of years, they're going to be they're going to be hearings just uh, like the hearings that the Democrats are running, uh, except that the, the big exposés are going to be in uh, are going to be exposés of the um, the Democratic, um, I guess the national media, uh, the uh, the law, national law enforcement operations, state and federal. You know those things. There's going to be a lot of exposure and a lot of um, real embarrassment, appropriately so. Yeah. But I want to talk about a little more about um, you know cross examination. So if if again cross examination is an opportunity for the defense lawyer to talk to the jury, to just ask questions he already knows the answer to, and then have the witness confirm that answer on the stand and to put together his his or her storyline uh, of the case. And so it's a great opportunity, and it's an opportunity that should be used. I mean, some people say, well, you shouldn't cross-examine. Well, you can cross-examine if you're cross-examining properly and it, you're cross-examining under control. Um, now, there's another type of cross-examination, and this is, you know, this is... Um, this would be typically used in a circumstance where there aren't that many good facts that are established that you can have the witness um, answer to that are going to help you. Uh, so let's say you have what looks like a pretty bad case, but you know, you know there's something more there, and you know that there are things there that no one's been talking about that there are facts that could be revealed if um, they're brought to light, but there's no controlled way to bring them to light. So the typical recommendation in that situation would be you don't cross-examine, you know, because you don't have controlled questions and answers that will help your case. But if your case as it stands without more is uh, based on a direct examination of the witnesses by the prosecutor. If your case is pretty bad, then what do you do? Just keep your mouth shut and, and get whacked, you know, and wait for the guilty verdicts to come in? Um, well, in, in, in a lot of cases, the chance that you're going to get a break, uh, even though it looks bad, um, is, is probably with a lot of lawyers, the best way to go because they just don't have um, the ability to do it otherwise. However, there are some lawyers and the people that are really nationally famous attorneys will do something different. And the different thing they'll do is they'll ask open questions of the witness uh, and give the give the witness an opportunity to talk where you don't know the answer 
exactly. Well, officer, what considerations went into your mind when you began this investigation? What were you thinking about? What were you aiming toward when that happened? And then the witness will, especially if they're experts, they, they'll explain, they like to explain, and they'll start talking. And those they're not yes or no answers, they're extended discussions. And if people talk enough, um, if you ask a series of questions like that and people talk enough, you may develop, um, you may develop a subject area or two or three that you never heard of before. You may hear facts that you never heard of before. You may hear a thinking pattern that you never heard of before. Then you can take that as a basis for cross-examination. Um, in a more controlled way. Final minute, John, just letting you know, uh, closing summation. Yeah. So you can, you, there are all kinds of ways to cross-examine, but they take preparation and they take skill. And you have to stay away from areas where you're just not good at that area. Um, so I I think that uh, the most important thing for, for the people out there for anyone doing any job and lawyers out there is do what you can do but do the preparation and be very careful about it because nothing is as dangerous as cross-examination if you don't do it correctly john wonderful time spent uh, yep absolutely enjoyed today's program a lot thanks harry good to be with you you know it john we will be back. When we come back, we'll be joined by Paul Manafort. Do not go away. Uh, this will be as timely as, as it gets. Obviously, so much going on, including the Alan Weiselberg uh, guilty plea today. It's uh, pretty involved. We'll talk about it. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's six minutes past the hour, and it is my pleasure to welcome back on the Hurley the Morning Newsmaker Hotline is Paul Manafort, one of the most relevant guests that you could possibly have on in America today, a political consultant, government affairs guru. Actually, uh, he probably doesn't even know this, but a very dear friend of mine, Roger Stone, who was a speaker at our annual charity dinner not that long ago, uh, is someone that we go way back with. And Paul co-founded Black Manafort and stone and this was literally the model that has been replicated in terms of government affairs and public affairs today so a trailblazer on top of all of that and 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 as well the campaign chairman to my former boss president trump the donald trump successful 2016 presidential campaign it was paul that put together the entire structure the apparatus uh that led to a winning campaign which when you're part of a winning presidential campaign that's um it's about as good as it gets and 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 look i know you 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 know this paul you've had to live it 
your position being in the Trump orbit is the very reason why uh, we're going to be talking about this incredible book that you've written, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. I was talking behind your back a little bit ago, and I made the comment, if you're not the Trump campaign chairman, if you weren't a part of of Trump world or whatever, uh, we're not even talking about this, are we, Paul? There, uh, you're exactly right, but but the reality was they weren't coming at me because I was chairman of Trump. They were coming at me to get Donald Trump. Exactly. Uh, and they thought that uh, I, they thought that I would be a good means to that end. And I talk about why in the book, uh, but uh, they were wrong. Let, let me, Paul. This is so serious because the other side has weaponized these different. Um, entities, agencies, Department of Justice, IRS. We can only imagine with 87,000 new IRS troops uh, what, what, what danger lies for ordinary Americans. Uh, half the country that voted for this garbage are going to be very unhappy with their decisions in the not-too-distant future. But I think about this. This is just a one-way journey. People like Manafort, Rudy Giuliani, Today, Alan Weiselberg, again, if he's not the Trump CFO, he's not pleading guilty today to tax evasion. Oh, people got a car. They got they got an apartment to live in. And none of this would ever be uh, at the surface and being talked about. And then, of course, this feeds the whole narrative. Oh, Weiselberg pleads guilty today and he agrees to testify at the trial against the Trump organization. However, he will not be testifying against any of the Trump family members. I mean, this is, and of course, Papadopoulos, and I'm leaving out others. This is a one-way situation, Paul. Yeah, well, that actually is the reason I wrote my book, Harry. Uh, you know, the book uses my story to chronicle the the, the, the dangers of the deep state and uh, the importance of draining the swamp to quote president trump and, and it gets into the whole two-tiered system of justice uh you know where i my constitutional rights were abused on a regular basis uh, including just the very in, very indictments themselves which i had been uh, cleared of by you know those that were relevant i was cleared of the u.s government prior to the special counsel ever being appointed but the point and the, and the, and the point of my book is in telling that story is that mainstream America has got to you know, rally because there? I, I was a I was a target in 2017. The president's always going to be a target because he's a risk to their existential existence. Um, but the, that you know, everyday Americans, supporters of Donald Trump, people who don't agree with a woke agenda, uh, they're targets too. And you know, I wrote and finished the book at the end of last year, so I got the first year of the Biden administration into my book. And I, and I warn Americans that if they are complacent, they will find themselves as the targets that I, that I was. And since then, that, that time, we've seen parents at school board meetings being called domestic terrorists. Yep. We've seen uh, victims of crime being called the, the perpetrators of the problem. We've seen now these 87,000 IRS agents. You know, they, the Obama administration tried to target conservative organizations through the IRS in, in, during that term. Biden's got some of the same people involved. They're not looking to uh, to put all these new agents on the street for any purpose other than to target conservatives, supporters of Donald Trump, and people in red states. And so it's important that people rally, and this is the, the 
the, the end chapter, the final chapter of my book, they rally and, and, and go out and get change this government. And at the time, you know, the tsunami was not so apparent when I finished the book, but I'm pleased to say and I'm hopeful that uh, that we start to re- regaining control of the levers of government and returning constitutionality to our U.S. government uh, this November. We are visiting with Paul Manafort. I agree with that completely. This is November 8th. It's, it's a... Um it's a tipping point election. This is such a critical moment in American history because they are they are willing to weaponize any and everything. And it, it's really put a chilling effect. You think about like who would want to get involved They're They're saying now that President Trump can't even get an attorney because every good attorney feels like they're going to wind up their lives destroyed so then they even keep people oh gosh you go back to uh the days when john adams defended actually uh the british because he felt that everyone deserved representation they're putting trump below something like that it's really i think it's the most dangerous time paul since the civil war the book is political prisoner persecuted prosecuted but not silenced Paul, what did you think of the last comment I made? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I agree with it completely. And one of the key things to to remember, though, is the modus operandi of the woke left in the Biden administration is the big lie approach. You know, him not being able to get an attorney, him being in danger of being convicted of, of espionage. You know, these are the kinds of anonymous government leaks to favored reporters, who, by the way, are the same favored reporters yeah. who are getting the leaks in 2017 at Russian hoax. Yeah. Hey, Paul, how about the fact Nora O'Donnell, I mean, a news anchor, hasn't even corrected the public record that she said that a DOJ source said that the FBI did not take President Trump's passports. Meanwhile, Trump has it in writing that they, they took not one, not two, but three passports, and they've returned them. She doesn't correct the record. Like hours later, 13 hours later, she writes, oh, and we've also been told anything that the FBI takes that's not part of the warrant will be returned. I mean, this, this is garbage, Paul. But that's but that's all part of the strategy. You throw out these anonymous leaks. You get as much on the wall as you can get to stick. Then you write the stories, and all of a sudden, the big lie becomes a fact. And that becomes the basis for new stories and new yeah. government leaks. Like like Hunter Biden, uh, the truth was lies. Uh, lies are the truth. Everything is bizarro world. What do, you, what do you make? I mean, obviously, it's unprecedented, meaning it's never it's never happened in American history. What did you think at the time? Because you've been through quite a bit with, with these with these jackals. What did you think when the former president, immediate past president of the United States, had his home raided by the FBI? What did you think about that? Well, it, it brought back memories of uh, 15 to 20 FBI agents at 6 in the morning in the cover of dark. Literally were in my corner, not my, not on the outside. They were in my apartment uh, at my bedroom door. Uh, guns draw. That's what it reminded me of. They did the same thing to Stone, although Stone was living in a house, so CNN happened to be walking by. Yeah. It would have been very difficult for a CNN. It was hard for CNN to walk by the fourth floor of a condominium, so they weren't there uh, for me. But that's what those are the thoughts that were brought back. But it's a continuation of the weaponization of the law enforcement system and, a, and another example of why the corruption at the FBI and the DOJ 
needs to be you know put into the sunshine and then eradicated uh, but but it's not it's a natural extension of everything they've done they there are no constitutional rights for for conservatives or Republicans or definitely Trump supporters and that's the two-tier system of justice that I talk about in the book in great detail uh, because the same people at Biden's administration were the ones weaponized things in 2017 and 18 against the president. So I'm calling him a fake judge only because he's not really a judge. He's a magistrate. So I guess that's sort of a distinction without a difference or a distinction with a difference. I'm not really sure, but I think they judge shopped. So they get this Trump hating judge. And then the reason I say that, Paul, is not to be acerbic, you know, or, or off-putting, but he's written trash about Trump in the past. And he recently recused himself in a Trump Hillary Clinton matter because of his bias. Uh, so of course, why wouldn't he be the one to sign not only a warrant, but maybe one of the most, um, wide ranging warrants in American history where they could take anything they want from January 20th, 2017 through January 20th of 2020, uh, 21. And I've not talked to anyone, Paul, that has said that 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 is just something they've never heard before, something that wide ranging. And my prediction is today this judge will not release the affidavit because the affidavit most likely is favorable towards President Trump and President Trump wants it released. So they'll get to keep it a secret and then say it's because, oh, my gosh, there's all these criminals and witnesses and we, it's so bad. We can't we can't release it because it's going it to give hints to, to our case. So they get to be corrupt and use that as the reason why they can't be transparent. It's getting old, Paul. Well, it is getting old. I mean, there's no reason they can't issue a redacted version, especially since it was the affidavit that was falsified in the FISA applications to go after President Trump, Carter Page, and myself. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where they do the lies. And there's no reason we can't send a redacted version into the public arena. It's not going to happen. I agree with you. Uh, but, there, but again, this whole concept of, of espionage and documents, you know, that could have been a risk to national security. Well, the reality is, in 2016, Hillary Clinton's server had these same kinds of top-secret documents on it. And we know that they, her server was hacked by foreign enemies of ours. Yeah. That wasn't a crime. The president has these boxes stored in his basement of his house. Like, they, they, there's no way a foreign enemy is going to get that. There's no way there's a risk to uh, American national Yeah, gu- guarded by the Secret Service, you know, finest in the world. And on top of that, they even said to the president, hey, you know, I mean, this was probably not the exact quote, Paul, but something along the lines of, hey, just, just so we can all sleep a little better at night, could you put a second lock? You got one lock, but could you put a second lock on the door? Proving. But now all of a sudden they make it look like this was some imperative even though Merrick Garland spent weeks before authorizing the warrant and days before they actually executed it after the magistrate signed it. So I think the, the, that the truth is such an affirmative defense here, Paul. Yeah, there, there's no culpability. It was a fishing expedition to get other, anything they could that would create a case against Donald Trump because they're scared to death that he's going to run again for president. And they know that when people start comparing the, his record of accomplishment and this Biden record of failure, that uh, there's no question how the, the outcome is going to be different this time. Yeah. 
Do you, do you think there is any chance, a reasonable chance, likely chance, that they would actually indict President Trump for this slop? Well, if they show such bad bad judgment on things, including this historic, unprecedented uh, raid on a president's former president's house, you know, I don't put anything outside you know, their their doing it. Is there any basis for it at all? No. Will it change President Trump's mind if he decides to run? No. Will it affect his ability to be a candidate? No. So, I mean, this, again, is all part of the convict in the court of public opinion, yeah. smear, you know, make people Trump fatigue again. That's what this is all about. And to deflect uh, for, from the November elections this year where they know they're going to get wiped out. It's that simple. What's it like for you in terms of all of this? Because, I mean, for over 50 years, you've had very high-level positions with President Ford, Reagan, uh, President Trump, so on, many other prominent clients I haven't mentioned. And you know you know the belly of the beast. You know this system. But we're, we're seeing things we've never seen before, whether it was Dinesh D'Souza. No one's ever been charged with, with what he was charged with. And my gosh, where they sent him and the hard time they made him do, what they did to you, what they've done to Stone, you know, at all. Uh, and then you think it's over, but then they come after you again. Uh, is it ever over with these people? No, they're, they're, they're on a quest to, to aggrandize power and wipe out any ability of somebody to oppose them. They're trying to change the system. They don't like our Constitution. They, they want us to be part of a global village where we have one seat at the table, not the leader of the free world. Uh, they, they, they don't want... A, uh, freedom of speech for anybody that, does, that disagrees with them. Uh, they they you know don't want us to have guns, yet they don't care that the criminals do. I mean, they can go on and on and on. It's part of a playbook, and you know, we've got to be diligent. That's one of the reasons I wrote this book, as I said earlier. You know, we were the means. I was a means to an end. They failed. The president is a means to an end. Not run again next time. They're going to fail, but ultimately they will keep coming at the American people and anybody who's not willing to be a captive of theirs until we take power back. And that's what the importance of November is. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. Quick reset. The book is Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced by Paul Manafort. That's my question to you, Paul. And I know you have to run in the next minute or two. What, um, how important, it sounds Captain Obvious here. So Captain Obvious, without the red blazer reporting for duty here. How important is the November 8th election? It's critical. We have to start the process of taking back the government. And when we take it back in the, in the Congress, we have to use it to put into the sunshine all of the corruption. Now, I'm not one for retaliatory investigations just to be retaliatory. But our Constitution is at risk here. And we have to show the corruption in the FBI, the Justice Department, the two-tiered system. We have to hold people accountable, uh, and then, when, and, and, and then in twenty-four, when we take over the White House, we have to take legal action against those who were corrupted and, and committed criminal acts. I'm telling you, your your approach here is my approach. I'm the same way. I'm not for viciousness and going after them because they did this. But something's got to give here. I mean, for example, after what you have had to endure. What do you think about 
when you see Hunter Biden on the top steps getting ready to board Air Force One or he's in some Malibu mansion. Who knows who's paying for that? He's got somebody paying seven figures worth of IRS problems. Nobody knows. He's spitting ink out of a paper straw onto paper and getting $500,000. And the transparency of the, the presidency is, well, we, we think the most transparent thing to do is to hide the names of the people that have purchased all this art. This is the most transparent way. They're, they're just everything liars who lie about lying everything is opposite world i could keep going paul uh you you got to hunter at the 20 million dollar south carolina uh mansion for free he, he's on video narrating crimes uh that are unbelievable and they're dropping the hammer on people like you that this must be tough to take isn't it well the fair issue which is what they invited me on at first I had already resolved the government before the special counsel existed. And I talked about that in the book. Weissman took over as as special counsel. He called the DOJ ferry unit up and said, what's the status of Manafort's disclosure issue? And they were told, look, we've we've resolved it. Now, we resolved with no criminality, no penalties, no fines, nothing. And and, uh, Weissman said, well, I'm throwing that agreement out. Uh, I'm going to indict him for criminal, for criminal uh, violations. Never had been done in the, under fair since the 30s. So it's not about them seeking justice. It's about them using the tools of of, of, of the justice system in a distorted and sometimes clearly abusive and, and selective way to come after their enemies, of which I was one. From the federal gun permit that was had problems to the throwing the gun away in a dumpster, to all the other stuff, evidently the Secret Service uh, got it and bailed him out and did all kinds of things to, to try to make it go away. To all the other things that we know about, will Hunter Biden be held to account or will he get some unbelievably cushy resolution, nothing burger, where then they can say, see, even the president's son, justice, you know, could not be denied. I just sense that something awful is going to happen here. There'll be no criminal uh, convictions of Hunter Biden under while Biden is president. None. Fantastic. I mean, and and but look who they're willing to destroy their lives because we're a risk to their power grab. Yeah, I hear that's you loud. That's what the American yeah. people have to understand. This that's what the American people have to understand. We we are the point of the spear, but the American people are the spear, and they're coming. To, after the American people, whether it's the IRS or the uh, Homeland Securities or whatever, and we have it's incumbent upon us to rally around November and win. I couldn't agree more. Political prisoner persecuted, prosecuted, but not silenced by Paul Manafort. Paul, always good to talk to you. Thank you, Harry. I look forward to talking to you again. Me too. You you be well and take good care. It's 27 minutes past the hour. I'm sure you'd like to react. Uh, and I wasn't trying to make our guest listeners' blood boil, but there is, as Paul just said, there's a two-tier system going on here where it just it just is a matter of who you are. You could be, if they want you, you, you could have done nothing. And it, it's like Stalin-esque. It's Beria. Bring me the man. I'll show you the crime. And then you could have flat out, I mean, look at Hillary, look at Hunter, 
And, I mean, they can't – we're talking pickaxes, bleach bit, all kinds of stuff, no problem. But the raid is on Trump or anybody in the Trump orbit. It is a disgrace. Our 609-407-1450 phone lines are open right now. I'd be anxious to get your reaction to the Paul Manafort interview. 609-407-1450. We'll be right back. It's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much. Great one. 33 minutes past the hour, and what a treat. Talk about you never know what's going to happen next from Paul Manafort and all the seriousness of all of that stuff to John Cafferty of the famous John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band fame. Uh, Of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, and there's a huge... Uh, anniversary coming up. I, I, I know that John is going to say the same thing. I can't believe that it's even possible that we could be talking about this particular milestone anniversary because it just doesn't seem possible that, that this number of years has elapsed. My twin brother, Don, who has met John and is a huge John Cafferty fan, is going to join us in just a moment. Let me welcome John Cafferty to the Hurley in the Morning program. John, it's Harry. How are you this morning? Harry, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. All right, man. And I got to tell you, love your work. Love the way you and the band, how you rock. Uh, it's iconic. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And there's such a neat uh, thing that's happening here in the Atlantic City area, Summers Point, and in Atlantic City, and even a component with uh, Sylvester and Frank Stallone. Uh, you're coming in. This is this is big stuff, John. <laughs> Well, it's always pretty exciting when we come down there, you know. It's uh, it's it's, uh, it's one of the homes of uh, rock and roll and the kind of music that we grew up with, you know, that whole East Coast, uh, you know, 50s, 60s sort of, you know, style with the big beat and the saxophones and, you know, people dancing in the street and it's... Uh, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun when you know, we come down. Sp- speaking about you know playing the sax, I mean you 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 play, I believe with maybe the best there's ever been, Michael Tunes and Tunes. That is such a huge part of your sound, isn't it? He is a force of nature. That is for sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he he's uh, you know it, it, you know as musicians, it, it's like. Uh, you know, guys play, you know, are instrumentalists and they're players. I'm a songwriter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I play the guitar pretty well, but I'm, I'm not what you would call a, a virtuoso on the instrument by by any means. But guys who can really play, like guys like Toons and Gary, Grammolini and my band plays the guitar. It's like they, when they play, it's like, you know, they're not playing for musicians. I mean, people don't really know what they're doing. 
they only know how they feel when they're doing it. And, you know, Tunis picks up his horn, and he's speaking a different language. But somehow he's able to get what what's in his heart into whoever's listening get it right into their heart. It's like heart-to-heart communication, even though it's a different language. You know, and I've seen I've seen Tunes play. We've been around the world together for many years. And I've seen Tunes play on nights where, you know, you've got people dancing on tables, <laughs> you know, in one moment and, and, and brought them to tears in the next. And it's, uh, it's really quite magical to be, you know, standing right next to him and we've gotten to know tunes there is a beautiful nature to him that just to know him is to love the guy because you can tell he's pure he loves the music and every time he performs he he and you do the same thing but every time he performs he just he gives he gives the audience his everything and they know it and they just see how much passion that you have for the um, for the business and I, the 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 year 1983, Eddie and the Cruisers. I know it's you know Eddie on the stage, but it's John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band that are rocking that you know through through now history eternity. Is it hard to believe that we are talking about basically 40 years? That doesn't even seem possible, does it? <laughs> There are days when it doesn't seem possible, that is for sure. Um, it, it was, uh, you know, you know, people, uh, like you say, it, it is our band sort of behind the screen. You know, we are the wizards. Yes. <laughs> you know. You're the Wizard of Oz. You're behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, and, and uh, you know, I was, I was say that, uh, you know, we don't do Eddie and the Cruises songs. Eddie and the Cruises did our songs. You know, that's, that's it, it. There, there's a whole lot of truth to that. That but. is such John. Let me get the break in. We're going to come right back. That is such an important distinction. And I know how you mean that. Not not in any egotistical way, in an off putting way. That's the truth. You're not playing Eddie and the Cruisers songs. <laughs> that's they are. They are your songs. My brother Don is going to join the interview. John is going to stay with us for the rest of the program. So we have until Brian Kilmeade at six minutes past the hour. Right now it's 38 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. John Cafferty on the Hurley in the Morning program continues. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back with John Cafferty at 42 minutes past the hour. Brother Don joining the broadcast uh, and this important special interview with John. And Don has the details about two big events involving John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, one in Summers Point, one in Atlantic City. Don, tell our listeners uh, the schedule of events. Sure. Hey, guys. Good morning, everybody. And it's so exciting. I mean, you have three. Hey, good morning. Not just two, three. Good morning, John. Great to hear you again. And uh, we haven't talked since the pandemic. So it's, you know, we've been jonesing for some I know, John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah. So so here's the story, Harry. Uh, you've got August 31st is, is a uh, Wednesday night in Atlantic City on the boardwalk, right by that same boardwalk hall in the Kennedy Plaza. You'll see that gorgeous statue of John F. Kennedy. And right in the amphitheater will be John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown Band doing their first show. That's Wednesday 
August 31st at 7 o'clock. So that goes from 7 to 10. There'll be an opening act, and then and John Cafferty will come on uh, and do his set. And so that's on Wednesday as part of the Mardi Gras and AC, Harry, with Carmen and Nancy Murata and everyone at the CRDA and all the good folks that bring great live music all summer. But this is this is the highlight people are waiting for. So, And if that's not enough, you have then Friday, September 2nd, will be uh, in Summer's Point on that great beach on Bay Avenue, just a couple of blocks. John knows well from where they filmed Eddie and the Cruisers at, at Tony Mart's in Summer's Point. So that's And that's going to start a little early because uh, that'll start at 6.30 on Friday, September 2nd. And then they will whisk John Cafferty and Beaver Brown away from Summer's Point to the Hard Rock in Atlantic City on the boardwalk where they'll play with Frank and Sly Stallone on that Friday evening, uh, sometime after nine o'clock. So, John, I'll probably have to ring you out after all this. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like a fun week. I'll tell you what, it sounds fun. Hey, this is what we live so we, for, you yeah. know, it, it is rock and roll for sure. No doubt about it. Don, give us, because you, you and our audience knows this and John knows it too. Don is our musical guru. He's my go-to guy when it comes to the history of music, history of different genres. Tell us your um, your read on John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, their incredible relevance, how we are still talking about Eddie and the Cruisers and the sound of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band four decades later. Uh, is That's lightning in a bottle that doesn't happen very often. Uh, what do you attribute all this to, Don? Well, first of all, the great music, because Eddie and the Cruisers is, it's a, look, it's a great story, and we love it because it's so local for us here in the South Jersey area. But without the music, without John's music, uh, the movie is, is pointless. So, you know what it is, Harry? It's the, I, I remember back in the late 70s, might have been the early 80s, I saw John and Toons in a small bar, and I didn't know who they were. I just knew they were great. And, this amazing sound, Harry. And these songs were already, you know, people think of Tender Years and uh, Wild Summer Nights, these songs that, that John wrote. They, they're timeless songs, but they predated Eddie and the Cruisers. So the movie, as John said, adopted his music. Now, John, on the dark side, you did write that for the movie, correct? Uh, yes, yes. They, they uh, when, when they, they signed us up to do it, um, they were looking for a handful of songs to sort of fill out their movie script. And uh, so, you know, there was a, a, a scene in the movie where they, they had shot a bunch of the film, uh, and they were talking about a, a hit song called On the Dark Side. So that's what they gave me. They gave me a, a script with a title, <laughs> and they described the song as uh, starting out with a classical piano and going into a classic rock guitar riff wow and that's what we had to go by and not to mention that it was a hit <laughs> so so oh yeah um, it, but there, there was there was a scene in the movie where the band sort of putting the song together on the rooftop at, at tony march yes uh, speaking of uh you know carmen and nancy who by the way have uh you know been just so wonderful to us treat us like family members every time we come to town and come and bring us in like you know every couple of years and brings tunes down and he, they're just unbelievable to us so shout out to those guys oh yeah but uh you yeah, know absolutely. so we you know we put together a little skit you know for for the that scene and then we i sort of wrote a song around it 
Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, whoever, whoever thought, you know, that that would become like as big of a hit and as long a lasting of, of a song as it did. That's my follow up to you, John. Did when you were doing all this, so you had some of the, 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 the rough parameters of, you know, how it begins and what instrument begins, but then you got to put this whole thing together. Did you know at the time that this was something special or is, was it a complete shock that, that this became so big? Well, I mean, if I can be honest with you, I mean, you know, we, we were a bar band, you know, a very good one, bar band extraordinaire. I mean, we were, you know, 10 years into our career at that point. We were crackerjack band, um, you know, playing five, six, seven nights a week, five, six, seven sets a day. I mean, talk about putting in your 10,000 hours. We had put in 100,000 hours at that point. <laughs> so we were very good at what we were doing. Um, we were trying to get a record and just uh, stonewalled every 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 time we, that we did. So, uh, you know, we looked at this as an opportunity to maybe, you know, open a door somehow for us. Um, and that's what we were thinking. Also, being a bar band, you know, it's like we're playing for dance floors every night, which is thrilling, uh, you know, on one hand. But on the other hand, it, it's... Uh, you know, to be asked to be a part of a motion picture and to write songs for a film, I mean, that was very exciting to us. It was a very different type of, uh, you know, work that we could apply what we knew to. So, um, you know, so it was very exciting. Um, did, did Eddie and the Cruisers, you getting the gig and you being the sound and all of that, did that change everything? Well, not at first, but uh, but yes, it did, it did begin to open some doors. Um, you know, it, it when it first came out, um, it wasn't very uh, it, it wasn't very successful. Um, it it uh, not a lot of people saw it. You know, the song got played on the radio a bit and didn't really catch on. Um, it wasn't until they put the film on cable television that uh, that it caught fire. They yeah, that's, a, gr- on, that's a great point. We've got to get the last break in. We'll come back in just a little bit. Don't go away with John Cafferty and Don Hurley. Uh, you say John Cafferty. There's no further introduction required. A musical legend. Uh, and, and I agree with that. It, it got legs later. A lot of great things didn't start out in, in, in second one, day one, even for a period of time. Uh, as legendary, but uh, we're still talking about it 40 years later, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, With John Cafferty and Don Hurley, I am. Hurley in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. The economy is headed directly for a disaster. The Fed can either raise rates to lower inflation and trigger a stock and housing market crash, or it can keep rates low and potentially cause hyperinflation. That is why you must take action to protect your savings right now. Hi, this is Stephen K. Bannon, and I urge you to diversify your retirement account out of paper assets and into physical gold. The Birch Gold Group IRA is what I recommend to all my family and friends. And today, Birch Gold is giving away a free information kit about how gold IRAs work. To get your free copy, just text the word PROTECT to 989898. It's crucial for you to get this information before an economic disaster is in full swing. 
Again, text PROTECT to the number 989898 to get your free information kit on gold. There's no obligation or purchase required, so do it now. Text PROTECT to 989898. Action, action, action. Use your agency. Take action today. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM South Jersey's talk station. Thanks, guys. We're back. It's John Cafferty on the Hurley in the Morning program with Brother Don, who, by the way, will be with us. We, we do the mental health breaks on Friday where we turn off all the, the nonsense that's going on, all the hot talk, all the, all the negativism, all the bad stuff. That's another thing that music is so great about. It does, it does soothe the soul. If you're ever having a bad day or you're under stress, put some of your favorite music on and you'd be amazed at the attitudinal adjustment that takes place. I know Don has a very uh, neat story that he wants to relate to John. Don, the time is yours. Okay, just real quick. A, a great story. I told Tunes was in a couple of months ago with uh, David Patrick Wilson. The, the, actually, was the drummer in Eddie and the Cruisers, the movie. Played Kenny Hopkins. So he came in uh, for Carmen and uh, Nancy Murata. It was just it was just great. And uh, seeing those two playing together again. And, uh, so I... Yeah, it, it was great. And uh, so I got to tell him a story, though, John, and this, you, you'll appreciate this, I hope. But uh, you did a show with uh, uh, Johnny Rivers, you know, one of the rock and roll pioneers. Johnny Rivers played very little in this area of Jersey. So it was very special to begin with. The, the opening. Yeah, exactly. And the opening act would be John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. So I interviewed Johnny Rivers for my radio show in advance of this uh, festival that we were doing. And. So when it's all over, Johnny Rivers says, hey, by the way, he says, can you what can you tell me about this? This John Caffrey and the Beeper Brown band? I said, eat your Wheaties. <laughs> so he starts to laugh. He says, oh, are they that good? I said, I said, they they steal the show everywhere they're at. So I'm not exaggerating. And so the great thing was when the show was over, you guys killed it. Johnny Rivers was great, and I was backstage with him, and he says to me, Don, you know, you weren't exaggerating. This this Beaver Brown band is extraordinary. He he just loved you guys, and there's a pioneer of rock and roll, you know, with a testimony to how great John Caffrey and the Beaver Brown band are. Right. You guys, John, you just you just have such a great sound. Isn't that nice that he said that? I, I've always been a, a Johnny Rivers fan. You know, he he broke a lot of ice. You know, for for uh, you know guys like me. You know, with the songs that he did. You know, great poor side of town. Oh you yeah, know, unbelievable. Oh Just, yeah, so midnight great, special, great all that stuff. stuff. You know, but hey John, you know you, you know yeah, your you your know, songs, John. They're so relatable. Your songs are such... You talk about blue-collar, down-home rock and roll. Your songs are so relatable. You think... And, and is that why they hang around so long? I mean, people just really identify with your music. Well, you know, uh, you know, we... we uh, you know, you were saying how, how music can be uplifting, you know. If it's... Uh, you listen to the right stuff, I mean, it can really... You know, it can lift your heart. I know that it, it has mine, you know so many times over the years and you know the, the school of music that we were brought up with you know was comes from like the 50s 60s sort of stuff you know and that uh, you know that music by its nature just sort of uh you know it's, it's uh it, it makes you want to tap your foot you know and, and uh puts a smile on your face or it's romantic or it's you know 
whatever it is, it it, it just has the, that human touch to it. So, um, and I think we try to make songs, you know, that are that are put together with those elements. You know, try to tell stories. Uh, you know, and, and color those stories with the, with the sounds of uh, of the fifties and sixties sort of you know sort of music, and, and it just uh, it's music that we grew up with, and we just sort of like blues guys. Um, you know, blues guys they sort of pass they pass the baton to the next person. You know, so you know our our producer was a guy named Kenny Vance. He he was in Jay and the Americans. And Kenny Vance's producer was uh, Lieber and Stola. So, I mean, that wow. Lieber and Stola oh, yeah. worked with Elvis and the Drifters and Benny King and, you know, you name it, Phil Spector. I mean, they were right there at the, you know, at the big bang of rock and roll. So, you know, our, our story traces right back to the roots of it, you know. I tell Gary Bonds that all the time. Gary was Bonds, if it wasn't for him, you know. It's like we would not do what we do, you know. It's like... You know, I listen to Gary's records, and that's the sound. You know, that's the sound that yeah. got my foot tapping. And we're so proud to be a part of those family trees, you know. And how strong is Gary U.S. Bonds at age 83, by the way? Uh -huh. He was just here. Carmen's had him he's twice. He's had him twice this summer. Extraordinary. Oh, man. Yeah, he just, he, he is just, like tunes. he's a force of nature. And, you know, and those two guys knew each other from way back when. You know, in upstate New York, up around Cornell, and, and I mean, they, you know, they were young men, like you know, playing in bands up there, and you know, they, they've known each other a long time. And uh, it, I, I just love Gary. I mean, he calls me up every once in a while. I just, I'm just so honored that you know that he would he would pick up the phone and call my number. You know, because he's such a hero and uh, so great. Yeah, he's so great. So great. Hey, hey, John, what are you going to do with uh, Frank and Sly Stallone? When you leave Summer's Point after a full set, you're going to come to Atlantic City at the Hard Rock Casino. What are you going to do with Frank and Sly? What, what are you guys going to do? Well, you know, most people know us from uh, the Eddie and the Cruises. It, 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 and, uh, you know, but what people don't sometimes remember is that we did all the films. And, and, and uh, two of the films that we did were, were Cobra with uh, Sly Love and Cobra. Rocky Four. When, when, when Rocky's running up the mountain and Rocky Four training, you know, and Hearts on Fire is playing behind them. That's me singing. So, um, you know, our connection with, with, with Sly and Frank um, was back in the day before he made all those movies, before he wrote Rocky and all of that stuff. He was in a movie called Lords of Flatbush, yeah. which was directed by a director named Marty Davidson, whose next film was Eddie and the Cruises. So Sly was very aware of Eddie and the Cruises back in the day, and he, you know, he was rooting for it, and uh, you know, he was also instrumental in helping to get a soundtrack put out. Um, so he, you know, and he liked the story. He liked not only the film, but he liked our story. You know, aside from the film, the fact that we were, you know, sort of. Uh, you know, a veteran bar band that never really got uh, a shot at the title, so to speak. And, uh, you know, and, and when we did, you know, we, we, uh, we ended up with a triple platinum album. Uh, so he really liked that, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he, uh, you know he, he made us a part of a, a couple of his projects. And Frankie's playing down at, at, uh, at the Hard Rock. And they decided that well, let's call JC up, 
just called JC and the boys, and I uh, have a little reunion, and uh, and and so you know, I heard from both of the brothers, and they they called me up on the phone. I was on my way to a gig in Boston, and I said, absolutely, I would I would absolutely love to do that. So who know I who knows what's going to happen? I know that we're probably going to play songs from Eddie and the Cruises and uh, Rocky Four, and and who knows what happens. Here, here's my belief, John. This is Harry. Now, my belief is this: when pros get together. I know show prep is important and all that. I do it myself. But when pros get together and it's unscripted, sometimes that makes for some of the most memorable moments that ever happen because you know you're 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 the best. You're the you're you're professional. You'll be able to do whatever feels organic, whatever feels right. Don, I think there's something to what I just said. Comment on that and I hate to say it, we're in about the final minute or so. Uh, there's no doubt, Harry. And these guys, I mean, John Cafferty and Beaver Brown Band, these are world-class players, three still of the founding members. you got John, Gary Gramlini, who his middle name is Guitar. He's so great. And, of course, Tunes and Tunes. There you and, go. And, his, and your surrounding band, John, you, you guys, you're so great. In fact, you finally have a greatest hit CD we haven't even mentioned. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown we greatest do. hit coming out later this summer. Come. Yeah, coming out September 30th, as a matter of fact, which is going to include yeah. the music from our whole whole career, whole story. Uh, soundtrack songs, uh, songs from Tough All Over, Roadhouse. I mean, it just, you know, all the soundtracks that we did, including the films that we did with Sly Stallone. So it, it, it's uh, what a thrill, what an honor it is. Don, do a quick rundown. We're down to 30 seconds. John Cafferty is our guest. And if you've missed any of this, just go to the podcast on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. 30 seconds, Don. Recap where John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, where they're going to be. Okay, Wednesday, August 31st, 7 to 10 p.m., right at the convention center, right on the boardwalk in Atlantic City at Kennedy Plaza. Huge. You can't miss it right up there, George Avenue on the boardwalk. And then you'll have uh, that following Friday, which will be September 2nd. Uh, from now, it's going to start a little early, 6.30 to, and that'll be a to a, a, a ten o'clock event. But Beaver Brown will, will take off for Atlantic City at, at some point. But they'll do a full show in Summers Point. And that's that's the uh, September second. And then uh, of course, Sly Stallone September second.